Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast so Warhammer that it creates spores and produces more Warhammer. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> I'm your host, Matt, and joining me as always, a guy so powerful he suspected to be a future chaos god. It's Cameron. How you doing, wow. mate? Um, I'm not sure I'm worthy of that intro, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's just the rumours on the grapevine, Cameron. That's oh, all it look. is. That's what. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, don't know if no. there's any truth behind it, Gav. Mm, mm. <laughs> the, the chaos god of uh, not giving too much of a shit. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That would be terrible. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the next god? The can't be arse god. Yeah. Here's the missing 20th legion or whatever it was. Uh, they just couldn't be bothered. So they started with chaos and then just slept in the eye of terror for 10,000 years. You know how it is. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I've been affected by the Great Rift at the moment. Yeah. I'm having to record in alternative location at the moment. Yeah, yeah we've the set great up the internet. <laughs> exactly these these damn psychers decided to influence my home internet so yeah. i am now having to record around a family member's house <laughs> at the moment so i'm in a secret location mm. recording so but as we you know as always we go on we mm. get over these difficulties mm. <laughs> we strive on for the emperor or mm-hmm. for your or for whomever Whoever your deity of choice is. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, episode 14, what are we going to be doing on this one? So as always, we'll start with our hobby stuff. So what we've been working on, what we've been reading, etc. Mm-hmm. Then we'll go on to the news and see what tender little morsels are out there to talk about. And then for the main lore topic, uh, we're going to go to the Age of Sigmar universe and we're going to discuss the short novel City of Secrets, which will be quite an interesting one to go through. And then we will have a discussion topic at the end. And this is going to be a slightly different one. We're going to go to 40k for this one and we are going to put forward two of our favorite Space Marine chapters and discuss Mm. and trying to impress on the other with them. (laughs) (laughs) And what we've done as well, when we get to the discussion topic time, we've not told each other what our chapters are going to be. So we're going to, this is going to be a secret. So it's a very secretive episode. I'm in a secret location. We're talking about City of Secrets. And then we're talking about our secretive favorite chapters. Yeah, there we go. That's the theme. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Excellent. Right. So, yeah, let's get stuck into the hobby stuff. Mm, So last mm. couple of weeks, mate, what have you been working on? Uh, it's been a pretty, it's, I, w- I, was, I would say a hobby dry spell just because it's getting to the end of term and everything's happening and I'm so tired and there's so much work, but <laughs> I persevere. So I did precisely like 0.5 of a thing on the night, um, <laughs> which is I glued the leg plates on and got the knee plates out and started getting the knee plates ready. So that's, it's getting there. It's getting there, guys. I swear. Little by little. <laughs> Um, <laughs> little by little yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Singing it to yourself yep. yeah yeah but it, it's good now that i can i look at the legs they've got most of the armor plating on and it looks good i'm happy with how it looks so going forward with that um i will get the i'll get the whole upper half of the goddamn thing done eventually I'm, i'll be i'll have like a week's <laughs> holiday in a couple of weeks time i'll do it then but <laughs> um yeah it, it's getting there um 
that is about my only modeling progress, actually. Which wow, is okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I've wow, been off my feet. I, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, it's right. We all need we all need these little mm. moments, don't we? Because yeah. you know, it can be quite a tiring hobby. Not in mm. a bad way, but, you know, and also, let's be honest, you've got to be in the mood for it. Yeah, Whereas exactly. when I talk about my stuff, I'm was quite in in the mood for it this week actually. So I, in in probably some ways, I've actually done more than you this week, which is quite oh, yeah. probably the first. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, I'm getting there. I wrote up um, a two thousand point and two thousand five hundred point list for Death Guard that I'd like to work towards. Oh yes, yep. which is, I think it would do okay. I'm not going to say it's going to be great but I think it would work out sort of okay. So I'm planning to work towards that. I have most of the stuff for it already. Uh, and so next Saturday, I'm going to go out and buy, buy a pair of Armager Helverins for Chaos Nice. Online. So that'll good be times. good. Yeah. So are you going to give them... Are they going to have... <laughs> cool. So are, you gonna, are they going to be sort of similar to your knight? Is it sort of going to similar theme? Uh, I probably won't go with the tree theme, but I'm thinking at the moment, and this is rough plans, everyone. Don't hold me to this. Uh, the 2000 point list is just Renegade Knights and Death Guard, and the 2500 point list just adds a Nurgle Demons detachment. So I'm right. thinking of grabbing the Nurgle Demons start collecting box. And all uh, I want yeah. from there are the Nurglings, the Plague Bearers, and the Poxbringer, the HQ. I don't want the three Plague Drones, the big flying flies with Plague Bearers riding them. Yep. So I'm thinking I can use bits from those, like the fly heads with the long proboscis trunk oh, things, yes. the Armagers. And stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, because they got because I suppose the good thing with the Armagers, they've got quite small heads, haven't they? Relatively, mm. oh you yeah, know, obviously not yeah. not a bit bigger than a normal sort of troop head. But mm. I suppose yeah, if you pick something like a beast like that, then yeah, you could put the head in. That could yeah. look, that could look awesome. Yeah, yeah, liking it. And I'm I'm planning to do some like converting and magnetizing to be able to switch them out for Warglaves as well. Because like a couple of years ago, I bought a Vermin Lord for D and D, and I never mm-hmm. used the sickle arms, which come with the Vermilor Corruptor version, so I'm like, if I if I sort of cut a bit around those, I can maybe make them into, like, sickle close combat weapons to represent the chain glaze they're meant to have, and I've got a couple of the weird mouthy plasma gun things from the Mauler Fiend, Forge Fiend kit lying around, so I could turn those into the Melter Lance things, and so maybe I'll kit them out to be able to switch between uh, the Warglaive and the Hellfriend variant, we'll see. Um, it all depends on how motivated I am at, I am at that point, I guess, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll see. And that's my, that's my plan. So hopefully I'll be able to talk more about those on the next actual episode in a couple of weeks time. Uh, looking things, forward to it. All things permitting. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and I did some reading. Of course, I read City of Secrets, which we'll be discussing <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> but I also started reading Devastation of Baal, which everyone has been pressing me to read for hey, a while now. He's uh, on and- the Baal train. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I went into the local games workshop to pick up City of Secrets, and it turns out they didn't have it in um, paperback anymore. It was online. At least it wasn't in the store in paperback, so I was like, okay, I'm going to get an ebook version. But while I'm hmm. here, I might as well pick up a real book to read on my lunch break today. <laughs> <laughs> a real book? <laughs> well, like I'm a, a physical book. book. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, yeah. I get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Pinocchio of... Uh... Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and I've I've only read a few chapters. I'm not super far in so far, but I am yeah. really, really digging it. Like I I've always liked Blood Angels. I've never read really deeply into them, but they always seemed very cool. And I love Sanguinius, obviously. Super awesome guy. Obviously. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, everyone's second favorite Primark. Um, <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, this book so far is super good. Uh, something that always draws me in with 40k fiction is like diving down to the civilian level of things. It's why I love the yeah. Ravner and Eisenhorn novels because you so often get to see how society functions. And like, n- no major spoilers, the book opens up basically with what it's like it's it's like the start of the first star wars movie you know you live here in the (laughs) desert on your it's actually the start of the first star wars movie with your shitty little moisture farm (laughs) and you have to go into town (laughs) and sell your moisture yeah yeah yeah. and it's just it's just that weird mix of it's like the opening of the first star wars film but it's also like a medieval society these guys barely get by and you know they have status they have a little stone courtyard to protect their wares and that's like a massive sign of status even though the house is falling apart and at the same time it's technologically like far in the future because the grandmother of the family she's reading the tarot but she has like this little basically a nintendo ds but for reading the emperor's tarot where you click the button (laughs) and it does a tarot reading for you and you have to interpret it (laughs) and stuff like that (laughs) yeah and it's that it's that thing that I really love about 40k, which is that juxtaposition of all these different genres <coughs> and themes into something that's weird but really unique and interesting. And I I, I really like it. And it's, it's you know you've got this shitty little desert planet town, and the only thing that stands about out about it is they have this like hundred foot tall statue of Sanguinius that the Space Marines occasionally come to see. And you know, I'm here. I'm selling my water. It's a storm day, so no one's going to show up and buy my water, which is sucks and then like a hundred space marines just parade by and he's like what yeah it's really a, it's me. a very good book mate mm. you'll 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 yeah. really enjoy it it's yeah it's good it's good as well because you'll wait till you get to the gabriel seth bits of the mm. flesh terrors yeah he is awesome in this yeah he really is also you get to see about a lot of the uh, Blood Angels successor chapters as well. Mm, they all mm. sort of get in the mix, and it's it's good actually because it's just it like you said it just doesn't focus on the Blood Angels. You've got yeah. like I said the the people down on the ground. You've got like I said you've mm. got all these successor chapters, and and also it just feels I clue in the title Devastation of Bal. It mm. feels like that as well. It's conveyed yeah. across very well because it's, yeah. it's, it's it's Guy Haley, isn't it? I believe. Yes. Uh, top yeah, I think so. And he he's obviously done Dark Imperium and other mm. novels like that and yeah it's it's a strong novel in in this sort of current universe so mm. for anyone listening that hasn't read it definitely check it out it is very very worth reading again mm. it's part of this space marine conquest series that's going on at the moment but yeah. it just gives you a, a different perspective of mm. uh, you know of the likes of the current 40k universe so yeah i'll be interested to see what your thoughts are when yeah. you've fully when finished I, reading it because yeah uh, oh and i have to say the first the first time in writing, really, in, in like a proper fictional book, I've felt that Tyranids have been done really, really well. And there's only mm. been like one instance of looking closely at them, as far as I've read, is the little bit with the like the infiltration pod, basically, yeah, uh, right near the start. But every other piece of fiction that writes about Tyranids is like, you know, they're the swarm of alien monstrosities, et cetera, et cetera, and that's all well and good. But this one dives in is like, you see a single Tyranid creature, it is actually about 15 different living thinking creatures all stapled <laughs> together it's like yep. you know which bit which bit acted first was it the pod itself with its rudimentary eyes was it the little sensor beasts with their little spines that could sense the motion of ships in the void and things like that or was it the actual occupant of the pod directing the pod around and things like that and mm. you know stuff i'd never thought of like 
the idea of um embedded embedded in the pod were creatures designed to block like uh it being pinged on radar and things like that by sending yeah. out a scramble yeah. of radio frequencies as they die so it like digests part of itself and that puts out an electromagnetic wave that hides the little ship and everything it was so cool I really love that, and I'm looking forward to seeing a little more Tyranid stuff, hopefully, later in the book. <laughs> I know that I know they're yeah, the ones who he... do the devastating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I'll be honest, it's not, it, there's not a massive amount of Tyranid stuff in there. Mm. It's, it, mm. like I said, it's little bits here and there. It is, like I said, focus on the Blood Angels and their successors, but what you do get of the Tyranids, like you've just described there, mm. is really good, Like and like I said, so I won't. Well, it's not really spoiling it. There's a there's like one. There's a you know a, a section regarding the um the swarm lord later mm, in the book mm. that is just great. So Excellent. you know, look out for that. It's yeah, things like that. that. Like I said, when when the tyrannies are in, they're really good. And then like I said, they step out. It goes back to the blood angels and and obviously the inner workings of mm. sort of their chapter. You know, again in in accordance with their successors because there's some really interesting dynamics that you'll start seeing as well. So. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll, like I said, you'll really, really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading the rest of it. Um, but that was more or less my entire hobby stuff. I did a t- very, very small amount of modeling. I read one whole book for the show, and then I read about <laughs> three to four chapters of a book I picked up on a whim. Um, it's, hey, it's been a, it's that's been how a it short works. week. Yeah, that's it's fine, mate. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right, okay. What have I been doing? So, yeah, well, actually, it turns out that when you don't have proper internet at home, you can actually mm. be more productive. I've, yeah, <laughs> I've amazing. I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, you know, apart from having just my phone internet, which I can just do normal stuff on, it has, been, it has restricted me a bit. So I thought, right, you know what, let's get some hobby stuff done. Let's, let's stop talking. Let's start doing. So I worked on a few of the things that I've said, I think, last episode. So I finished my kill team terrain, uh, as in mm-hmm. when I say finish, as in finish building it, because, again, yeah, it takes yeah. um, an absolute <laughs> long time to build it. I was, it's funny, actually, when I popped into my local games workshop the other day, I was actually having the same conversation with the staff member there. I was like, uh, I'm just, oh, he, he said the same. He's like, it is so overwhelming when you start building this <laughs> terrain, because it's all great, you know, it all, mm. it all interlinks and things like that, but. Yeah, you know, there's just the sheer volume of it. But mm-hmm. so yeah, I've finished that now. Um <clears throat> excuse me. I've also finished the three Shadespire warbands that I've got, as in again, finish finish yep, building yep. them. So the so the two that come in the box and the sepulchral guard. Because I think last episode I'd said I was gonna hopefully play it with a couple of my mates. That mm-hmm. didn't actually happen because they didn't they we played something else instead. Yeah. <laughs> not non Warhammer related. So but I've got them ready, so ultimately can start playing that so that's cool but the big thing that i did worked on which i showed off on our twitter and on our discord as well is that i've started building my carcaradon kill team which i'm quite happy with so far to be honest Mm. um what i what i decided to do and again i just did it on a whim i don't know why i just i was just looking at bits that i had around so i thought let's do it so what what i did is i looked in my spare bits box and i remembered that um adrian on our discord that you know we've mentioned before mm. he sold me a sort of a i don't know bits and bobs box a few mm. about a month or two ago which mainly had some dark angels it had some like Ravenwing bikers and some deathwing terminators in it for example but he, he also added in a load of other marine stuff and i was and i thought i'm just gonna look through it okay you know I, I didn't really pay much when i got it i didn't really pay much attention to it and then i found there was a load of 
Primaris Marines in there, basically, as in on still mm. on their sprues. Uh, yeah, so basically, yeah. the, what the not the easy to build ones, but the actual you know mm. proper ones. And so, uh, and they all, it's all basically all the intercessors. So I thought, ah, oh, right, okay. So if I take those, and then I did mention again a few episodes ago, episodes ago that I bought a Mark III Power Armor uh, Space Marine squad off eBay. Mm. So I thought. You know, then the the cogs in my brain started <laughs> started working. So yeah, so what I've done is basically I've taken the the body of the of the Primaris intercessors, uh, put the Mark III backpacks and the Mark III helmets, which really set it off. They really yeah, go well. With they those. look really good. <laughs> yeah, it just they just it's almost like they're meant to be. Um, and I've added a few extras, like I've taken one of the Mark III chain swords, I've put it on mm. on the sort of the hip of one of them, and things like that. So. I, it's, so I've built five guys ready, mm. and I'm going to sort of... I don't know what I'm going to do next. So it's one of those where I'm thinking, do I leave them as as they are? I may add a bit more to them, a bit of, you know, something with a bit more detail to it. So like, a, you know, a few little, you know, scrolls here or yeah. a few adornments. I don't know yet. I'll, I'll have to sort of check to see what I've got in my bits box. So, but yeah, I'm so far, I'm really happy with those. So I think they've turned out really well. So I'll build mm. those. I've got an idea of how i'm going to paint them so that'll be my little sort of project over the next few weeks yeah so yeah excellent. so hobby wise it's been i say quite productive and mm. i i also on a, from a hobby perspective i found that they were it was just actually a joy to do it i know mm. it sounds weird because obviously it should be always a joy to do it but <laughs> it, it's probably since since i've got back into this hobby it's probably the first time that I've started like kit bashing and doing things like that, mm. which, which when I was younger, that's what I used to love doing. I mean, there's nothing oh, yeah. wrong with taking a standard set and just building it as per the instructions or on the front cover of the box. But mm. for this, you, I, I, and you'll probably get this as well, because obviously you've done a bit of this quite recently, obviously yeah. like your night and a lot of the stuff. Mm. It just gave me that little bit of excitement. If oh, that's yeah. probably the best way to describe yeah, it, no, where you like, you look at it, you think, oh, wow, that looks great. Because <laughs> let's be honest, I, you know, you can build a standard set. Like, again, let's look at the, mm. the ones that come with Shade Spy. You build them, and I go, you know, I go and show you a photo of them, and like, yeah, that's, mm. yeah, well done. You know, it's, it, they just look like they do mm. everyone else. Whereas when you've built something like that, even though it's, you know, little differences, it just makes mm. it unique. And it's just, it just gave me that little sort of giddy, like, oh, I'm really glad <laughs> to be doing this again. So yeah. I'm going to try and do a bit more of that. And I think, that just comes with having availability to a lot of these parts. And obviously the good yeah. thing is you buy boxes, you don't often use everything in the box and then they become spare. And then obviously then they become useful for a future project, for example. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. A it's good been... bits box is the cornerstone of any hobbyist. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So no, it's been really good to do that. Uh, right. I bought a few other things. I mm-hmm. obviously with from over here in the UK, we've got, one 40k conquest episode <laughs> or issue one i keep saying episode issue one, episode one. and <laughs> episode one. issue one uh, obviously has come out it's been out a week or two over here and mm. so i decided to buy six of them because yeah, <laughs> uh, why not and i, I literally i went to, i tried quite a few places i tried quite a few of our local supermarkets uh they had none in at all and then luckily mm. i just found my local news agent around the corner they had about four of them in i sold them out i bought all four yep. of them yep. so unfortunately any <laughs> any kids and other hobbyists that went in they would have been crying because <laughs> there would have been none available because i was selfish and bought all of them so mm. and then when i went into town a couple of days ago i ended up seeing two more in another shop and i thought why not um and it's funny actually because the guy who served me it, it's mm. in a, a shop that sells 
uh, well, it's like a big news agent. It's yeah. WH Smith for people in the UK. And basically the guy serving me who clearly, well, he looked the sort of guy that wouldn't know anything about Warhammer. I put mm. the two on the, on the desk and he goes, Oh, I'm surprised we got more of those in. So he, even he knew they're selling like hotcakes and he doesn't even know it. You know, he clearly didn't know what he was yeah. selling. He just knew that yeah. they're just obviously ridiculously popular. So yeah. So for the six that I've bought, which has cost me 12 pounds, oh, I've yeah. got 18 easy to build <laughs> Primaris Marines. I've got yeah. 18 pots of paint. And the great thing yep. is it's the full pots as well. Mm. It's, um, what's it? McCrag blue, a bad and black and retributor armor, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I've got six of those, six of each of those, and I've got six starter brushes and six yeah. of the magazine as well. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, you're set. <laughs> absolutely. And, and like I said, I, what I'm going to do with them, I don't know, but you mm. know, they're just, they're, they could be even just test models uh, in a yeah. later time for paint yeah. schemes and stuff. It doesn't really matter what they're there for, but mm. you could build a few kill teams out of that. Oh, so yeah. I, you know, it's, I know it's unfortunate for people outside of the UK and Ireland that can't seem to get hold of them, obviously won't ever be able to get hold of them. But mm. I mean, I suppose the good thing is they are going to, well, I say the good thing is they're going to start going up in price and you may not mm. want everything with them. So at least this once this is this sort of two weeks of this issue is over, then, you know, I'm sure it'll, the, the, it will die down a bit because people oh, won't, yeah. you know, yeah. it'll be only the hardcore people that want it all. Mm. So, but yeah, so I bought those. Um, again, when I went into Games Workshop, the other day, I I just I just was in a random purchase mood. I mm. I think because oh, I've got a bit of a, you know a bit here, a bit there of other stuff I'm working on. I thought I just want to buy something I mm. that I'm not really in a plan for. So yeah. like I said, like I said on on our Twitter is I I went in and the guy who served me goes, oh well, you you know anything you're looking for in particular? And I said I went I want to buy and build a tank. <laughs> she said that to him. <laughs> <laughs> He just, he just, he just like, he didn't know what to say. Cause I think, <laughs> so, I think at this point he wasn't sure if I was, if I knew about the mm. hobby or not. Cause obviously yeah. he didn't know me. So he didn't know if I'm a newbie or if I'm, you know, been doing it for years. So he just, and I suppose just went, I want to buy a tank. <laughs> and he's yeah, probably thinking, yeah. are you a newbie or are you just, <laughs> you still <laughs> you didn't know, know what at you this want point. or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we went through, you know, I, we went through the options. Obviously I knew exactly what was there. I just, sort of humored it a bit and thought, yeah, we'll just have a conversation about it. Mm. And, you know, then that's when I mentioned my, that kill team that I've just built with Mark three armor and things like that. Mm. So I think he understood that. I know, you know, I was, I'm not, I wasn't fresh into the hobby. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I came away with a space Marine predator, basically. Nice. I think, I think the reason I bought a predator, cause a, it was in, my, in the budget I was looking to spend, but also mm. I think when we go back to like episode zero or, or one yeah. of our podcasts, that yeah. I think I always said that, the predator was one of the things that I never got when I was a kid, the, the original, mm. you know, second edition one 40 K predator. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it felt, I felt like, yes, I'm an adult now I can buy, <laughs> I can buy these. Yeah. Sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, so man. I've got a predator. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know if I'm going to kit bash it. I don't know what, even what chapter it's going to be. I don't mm. know. I'm literally, I bought yeah. it there yeah. and it'll be similar to what I've done with the Carcaradon kill team. It'll be a, Oh, I fancy building that. Take it off the shelf and I'll play with it. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, if you're planning to do more Carcaradons, I'm just saying that's a very Carcaradon way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That. Well, <laughs> exactly. So, it, it, less thing, at the moment they're a kill team, but I could turn them into a you know proper 40k force. I don't know yet. It's, you know. Turn them into a detachment to go with the Dark Angels. Uh, that too. Or again, or I may 
you know, put it with my Dark Angels, make make mm. it a Dark Angels Predator. I yeah, yeah, I don't know yet. I'm not I'm not going to rush to make a decision. So <laughs> it's there on the shelf, ready for when I want it. So that was exactly uh, exciting. Um, what else? Mm. I've been also playing um slightly different topic. I've been playing Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions, the mm. that new sort of card, you know, trading card yeah, game yeah. that's that's a, that's on the horizon. Well, it's now out. Um, yeah. I'm playing the on the beta on Android. Mm. So on my tablet, and yeah, it, I'm actually really enjoying it. To be honest, it's 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 quite different. Um, I'll, I'll try I'll try and give a qu- a quick overview of, <laughs> of what sort of game it's like. I'll try not to go into too much detail because I could be here forever <laughs> with it. But because <laughs> it's quite a hard game. Well, if you it doesn't yeah it doesn't explain how to play its rules very well. I've noticed mm, on this actual yeah. app, and I'm sure once you get the rule book, you're probably a bit better at. It getting your head around it but mm. and obviously if you've played these sort of games or if you're familiar with like magic the gathering and pokemon and all those sort of games it, you know it's got some similarities but it's still quite different as well so fundamentally you've got a deck that's based around one of the four grand alliances you've got four champions um mm. so for example the order deck sort of main deck is a combination of stormcast and deepkin that's the two yep. sort of main yep. ones in that and for example, and if you had the chaos one, for example, it's basically corn demons and champions mm-hmm. and uh, zinch stuff. Basically, mm-hmm. hopefully later they'll release stuff like Nurgle, etc. Yeah. But so yeah. basically, yeah. So you've got your four champions, and then you've got four blessings. Basically, blessings are like super abilities, mm-hmm. but basically mm-hmm. they're hidden under each of your four champions. So basically, you have to, as you're playing, you unlock them, and then once mm-hmm. you've done the certain criteria, then that particular blessing will come into effect uh so basically and then on top of that you've got 30 normal cards which is a combination of troops and abilities and things like that so basically your deck is 38 cards four champions mm. four blessings 30 normal and basically it's sort of done in like a lane like system so, yeah, so my four yeah. champions would be opposite your four champions and basically you then you know draw i think th- i think three or four cards initially and then you can do up to two things a turn which is basically play a card or do what's called a heroic act which is basically mm. one of your champions can do a certain thing depending on if, if your champion can do it and the the sort of crux of it is which you know like like other games it's take you know you're trying to knock your your life the life total down of your opponent you start on 30 but your champions can give you a different starting life total either up or down depending on what champions you've you've picked for example basically once you've um you know it's what the usual sort of taking their life down but the sort of the key bit is this rotation thing so basically Mm. when you put a card in play it's got like different numbers in the corners and every turn it rotates and the number in the top left is the the number for whatever it's, it's doing so say it does say the card says damage your opponent it'll do so on if it if it's got like one in in one corner two and then one so the first turn it'll do one damage when it rotates next turn it'll do two damage and then when it rotates Mm. a third time it'll do one damage again and then when it rotates again it then goes off the board yeah it's it's, it's quite a yeah quite a cool little concept i've never played a game like that um the card Mm. i mean i haven't looked at the physical cards yet Uh, again this is just the app but i have ordered an actual yeah, physical deck yeah. because I did pop into, I said on our Discord, I po- I've popped into a local gaming club that plays card games and they, yeah. they, they've said it's, it's sort of taken off quite big in their, in their club. Oh, so I'm going to, yeah. you know, so, you know, I'll see, I'll, you know, go mm. along with the deck and see what it's like. But 
I think from what a recent email I got, I believe the actual app, the game of it, is actually going to go out live public beta soon. So oh, the closed awesome. one, is, like I said on the. So yeah, so yeah. give it, give it. You know, if you've got an i, you know, a iPad or Android tablet or something, give it a go because it is quite a cool game. And what's what is quite cool as well is that when if you buy physical cards, like I said, I've got mm. the deck coming soon you can scan it in the app and then they're added to your collection on the yeah, app as well. Yeah. So you get a digital version as well, which is really cool. Mm, um, so yeah. So, you know, well, I'm going to, you know, see how that goes really. I think, like I said, it's something that you could quite get into really. Um, right. So what else? I think the last few things is just books now. So I've finished Lords of Silence, which I mentioned, I think last episode, mm-hmm, which is the, mm-hmm. the new 40k oh. Death Guard novel. Yeah, fantastic. I've heard, I've heard very good things. Again, read it, Cameron. It's yeah. it's your like I said to you last time. It's your kind of book. You yeah. will really enjoy it. And it why I think for people that would will enjoy it is like I said, it it's almost like a microcosm of this particular war band, which is the Laws of Silence. For anyone that's like I said, read or interested in reading the Talon of Horus or the Black Legion, the two uh, books that focus obviously on the Black Legion. Mm. very it's got it's got a very similar style to that where you see the the sort of politics between and the sort of you know backstabbing or respect between all the different death guard members on this particular Mm. war band you get to see about a a chapter that i think is not had much a spotlight on it before it's uh, the iron shades which i think is actually a chapter that that um that the author actually has made up to a degree, I think in one of his okay. other books. So yeah. you get to see in sort of, you know, a new chapter, basically just the way it's written is, is fantastic. You mm. Mortarian's in it at some point. Typhus yep, yep. is in it at some point. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's like I said, if you like the death guard after reading like dark Imperium or just like them mm. in general, you will love this book. It's so yeah. well written. And Again, I think it's something that maybe we, we'll cover at some point because I think it's that good. It's worth covering. Mm, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so definitely go check Excellent. it out. It's not a massive yeah. book either, but it's, it's definitely worth giving a go. Mm. Uh, what else? I've, like you, obviously finished uh, City of Secrets, which is yep. good because, you know, we're going to be talking about it soon. <laughs> and uh, I started briefly the Hammerhall and Other Stories audiobook, mm. which is that um, Age of Sigmar sort of collection to get people into age of sigma um i've only about a chapter or so in it's okay so far i'm you mm. know I, I i can't really comment more than that <laughs> it's not not i'm <laughs> i haven't listened to enough yet but hopefully if it's like the 40k version which is crusade and other stories if it's as good as that then i'll be very happy with that yeah and uh lastly um yesterday i bought of honor and iron which is the latest space marine conquest novel so ah. so the the first one was devastation of bal mm-hmm. um i think i think that was the first one then you had you've got ashes of prospero then you've mm-hmm. got the war of secrets yeah and yeah. then this new one of honor and iron which is basically based around the ultramarines and gilliman mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so yeah that's something that i'll be reading soon yeah. looking quite good from what mm-hmm. people have said Man, if they're all as um, good as Devastation of Baal, I'm going to have to start reading the entire series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, say, I'm, I must, I must, I must read the other. I've got all four of those books I just mentioned. Mm. I just, I've only read Devastation of Baal so far. <laughs> I haven't done the other three, but uh, yeah, they look, they look really, really cool. And I, I think it's quite good as well because you're getting to see these chapters from a different perspective. You know, like, yeah. for, and obviously, so far now, these first four books have covered the four you know, in quote, air quotes, mm. main chapters, because obviously a blood angels, Pros- the ashes of Prospero, space walls, war secrets mm. is 
Dark Dark Angels, and this one is about the Ultramarines. So, Mm. yeah, and hopefully, you know, it'd be nice if they do one, like, say, about the Imperial Fist, for example, or... Yeah, yeah. uh, You know, and let's see. Let's see. Let's see what else they do. (laughs) So, so yeah, so it's been, you know, I've been... Been quite productive. This this no internet lark, you know. It, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get a lot of stuff done when you don't yeah, have to pay attention that, to various other Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have known in this technological age? Mm, <laughs> it's mm. like losing a like an STC, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, I don't know how things function <laughs> anymore. <laughs> as soon as all the tribute, I lost the ability to gamble. <laughs> Efficiency increased nine point eight seven percent. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but hey. So yeah, uh, so that's been our our hobby stuff. Um, hobby stuff for this episode. So we'll take our first little break, and then when we're back, we'll see what's going going on in the news. Back shortly. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone. It's time for the news, and we we've had a few things to <laughs> digest in the last mm. couple of weeks. Mm. It's you know, obviously, last episode we had Warhammer Fest Europe, which yep. obviously dropped. Many bombs. It was the exterminatus of news. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's what it felt like, because it just mm. kaboom, mm. just came out of nowhere. Yeah. But uh, you could always say the same with this, this oh, yeah. sort of news, because like I said, we've had a, you know, we've had a fair bit of new stuff, as well oh. as obviously <laughs> highlighting a few things that we already knew were in the works. Mm. So yeah, in the last couple of weeks, we had the Nova Open 2018, mm. and as well as that, they sort of did reveal quite a few bits actually yeah like you said so uh, so yeah we'll, we'll go through that first and then we'll do the, all the other news afterwards so mm-hmm. yeah so what's the first thing they showed so the first thing they showed was a bit more about speed freaks Ooh. obviously we knew it's on the way you yep. know it's obviously <laughs> october yeah yep. you know, obviously not far off next uh, month now i'm so excited for october guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I take it you actually you're actually gonna get it if you can oh if i can get speed freaks 100 percent yeah, yeah. Thought you would. <laughs> oh my god, it it looks really good. Um, we know what's in the kit now, which is nice. Yep, it's That's got it. that. It's got one of those big ish play mats, uh, which is very handy. Um, it's got the barricades, and it's got one bug in three bikers per side, which actually means, according to them, at least that if you get the HQ on a trike that they've revealed, that um, you have straight up a Vanguard detachment. I think it is. Just straight out of the box, yeah. which is pretty impressive. Yes, they yes they said that, which again is clever, mm. very clever tactics on their behalf. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to see what it says actually. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it was a was it a Vanguard or was it a Outrider? No, it was Outrider, Outrider. wasn't it? Yeah, Vanguard. Yes. That oh, always gets me. Vanguard's the elite one. Outrider's the fast yeah. attack one. Because I go Vanguard fast one, yeah. in front of the army. Yeah. It's obviously the fast <laughs> one. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I think that's that's a again, it's a clever tactic from mm. GW side because, like you said, for people that may not be interested in playing the games, it's a similar situation to the Horus Heresy boxes. Which we'll talk about soon, actually, because they're in the news, and uh, you know where people aren't buying it to play the actual game and the rules that come with it. They're playing it to get a cheap thirty yeah. k army, and it's oh, yeah. and it's a similar situation where some people are buying this thing, and oh, do you know what? I'm not really interested in the game, <laughs> but out of it, you get a nice mat, which again, that mat could be used in other things. Mm-hmm. That could be used in. Kill Team, yep. Necromunda, could be used in just conventional 40k. Oh, man. Um, potentially Asia Sigmar as well, because I think it's just a 
just yeah. a general desert by yeah. look of it. So yeah, you could yeah, you know, so oh, that could you, you that's multi purpose. That'd be really and good. And then like I said, team. you're getting an out you're already getting an outrider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good with kill team. You're getting an outrider detachment, you know, as well as you know, as part of it. So no, I think that re- they look really yeah. cool actually. Yeah. Um they're oh. some really good looking very, miniatures actually. I'm very excited to maybe possibly build like the one thousand point speed freak style army. Uh, yeah, I've just been having ideas. Like, I I keep looking at the Iron Jaws range, and you know, there's the um the War Chanter, the the guy with yes. the two beat sticks, just and the pop, drum. Yep. Yeah, just pop him on top of a battle wagon with a drum in front of him, and then he's, yeah. he's literally straight out of Mad Max at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm I'm just waiting for someone to do the proper guitarist Mad mm, Max mm. thing. You know, where he's hanging from <laughs> yeah, with a bungee with cord, a <laughs> hanging from a bungee cord. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that'd be amazing. So, it no, would. they're definitely on the horizon. Mm. Also, it mentions that the the upcoming, upcoming um, Codex Orcs is, they're saying it's quite frankly the best Orcs book ever. That's a, yeah. that's a high claim. But then, uh, to be fair, it's quite a, neglect, it's quite a neglected. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, actually, yeah, it's quite a neglected Codex. So, mm. it probably won't take much <laughs> to because make it that much better. Orcs have only had, I think, like three or four Codexes over eight editions as well. Mm. So... Yeah, I I, I don't know. Why do you why do you think that? Why do you think they're so neglected at times? I think compared it's to other races, because they're difficult to write rules for. Because a, a big thing with orcs is that they're ramshackle and they have a lot of crazy things, and it's difficult to make kits that look really good, but uh, it's still easy to build and are still quite ramshackle looking, but are sturdy and things like that. But also, yeah, it's difficult to write rules for them because this is an entire army. Where you hit on a five plus at best at ranged, which to be fair, they they've addressed in the preview we got um, for the Orc Codex at Nova as well, um, which is mm. every everyone army wide gets daka daka daka, which is you always hit daka, on a daka, six, daka, daka. always hit on a six no matter what, which you know it's great because it means the Eldar can't just fly by and literally be impossible <laughs> to hit anymore and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, it, you know they're still not going to be very good at shooting, but they're better than before. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah they're, they're difficult to design for. I think is what it is overall. Like, I, I'm I'm sure we're not going to get it, but I still just want that looted wagon where just take the stat line of a vehicle from a different <laughs> codex, reduce the ballistic skill to five plus, give it daka 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 and the orc keyword, and let it that go. That would work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose they're always, they've always been a fun army, and that's obviously mm. their point. And I suppose, yeah, maybe that's why because they're not a super competitive army. They're just an army mm. that's just for people. Because let's be honest, p- people that play orcs like them you know yeah they're not then for a lot of people they're not I mean, i'm not i'm sort of generalizing here but for a lot of people that buy them they're really into orcs they're not yeah you know it's not it's not the sort of army you would just buy on a whim no not no. you know again i'm not i'm some people <laughs> will but most people like i love orcs you know whereas mm. you know someone that's like eh, well probably won't do an orcs army they'll do yeah. something a bit you know a bit different something like a tower that, or a necrons or something yeah something where you don't have to paint 120 boys to be competitive <laughs> in that too <laughs> Uh, but no, it's no. I'm, I'm glad for all the orc players out there, you mm. know, for, and anyone that's interested in speed freaks. I think it's going to be an awesome box set, and it's yeah. just nice to have some new orc miniatures. Mm. <laughs> that's what people oh, are craving. Yeah. So lovely, oh. right? So what was the next thing they revealed? Oh yeah, they showed the the new heads of the Sisters of Battle. So mm-hmm. at Warhammer Fest, they showed us some of the new weapons of yep. the 
the upcoming plastic sisters of next year and then like i said they've shown off a few of the pre or preview of a few of the heads mm. so they've shown us nine of them and i think they look awesome i, I think, think they look really really good they are amazing uh i have two favorites uh one mm-hmm. is the wrinkled old granny face down on the bottom left um uh, because it's yep. a plastic head and it's a very uh, i'm assuming a quite small plastic head because sisters of mm-hmm. aren't huge but it has these like crow's feet style wrinkles around the eyes it's very very well detailed and my other favorite is actually the i would call it a tomboyish head the middle top middle yeah yeah where it's got much shorter hair and a slightly more angular face because that's variance in a face in a female model they don't all look the same and no it's great they all look really good (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean i would say if i had to pick two favorites i'd pick that one the, one, the second one you just mentioned, and yeah. I've picked the one to the left with the eye patch. Yeah, that just looks badass. Yeah, you know, because it's obviously it's that sort of bobbed haircut, but mm. with a slightly different fringe, and she just looks mean. Oh yeah, I, I think that's what I like about their faces. <laughs> they just look all really badass, don't they? Oh, yeah. They look all so. I mean, look at the one with the bionic eye down the bottom mm. right mm. as well. Yeah, <laughs> they. Oh, I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, these, man. I, I think these are going to be worth waiting for. I really Definitely. do. I think pla- if, yeah. from what we've seen of these plastic sisters, I think the I'm going to say it. I think these are going to be some of the best miniatures they've ever made. Mm. If I'm being honest, I think mm. that I've got that's a high expectation. But I genuinely believe if 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 this continues, I yeah. from what we've seen so far. So yeah, hmm. happy, days. happy days. And also they've they've said now that the they're going to demo the uh, ba- uh, sisters of battle um, yeah. index, aren't they? Well, Which is it, really it's cool. Not, so, what's it's a beta not an code? index, beta, it's, it's codex, technically. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. They're just going to put the whole beta codex in chapter approved this year, and bam, there you mm. go. Have fun. Um, that is great. Test it. Help us test it. Which they said when they when they when they first revealed that they were going to do Sisters of Battle and release them, hopefully, Emperor willing, next year. Um, the, they would take us every step of the way. They would show us all the different things they were designing. So far, we've seen uh, a model, like a full model concept. We've seen weapons. We've seen the heads. And now we are going along as part of the journey, and we are going to be playtesters. I will not be playtesting as a Sister of Battle, but I might try and get in some games with our store's local Sisters of Battle fanatic, who I'm sure is over the moon about this. Um, <laughs> Good idea. And, yeah, and help him test some weird builds out and things like that. So we'll see how that goes. But this is really, really good. This is like... The thing is, it's been so long, this codex can't be a flop. It would be awful if it was. No. So this is probably <laughs> no. the best thing to make sure the entire community gets in on it and can see how it works and help yeah. help guide how it works a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a very clever tactic because mm. it's sort of twofold. Like you said, they're sort of... They're, they're making everyone play test it early. So, like I said, mm. they, so they don't balls up the final edition. But also, it just it gets that hype train even <laughs> just going yeah, fur, you yeah. know, faster and further because people are already hyped about this. And I can guarantee there's loads of people out there that weren't fussed about the Sisters of Battle before, but I will be definitely looking at them now, as yeah. well as obviously the people that were hardcore fans before. Mm. But like I said, now the fact that they're seeing all these great, you know, previews of the of the heads the weaponry and things like that and then think oh yeah by the way you get to try the you know mm. a, a variation of the codex early as well so for people that already have got you know the existing metal sisters yeah. of battle or proxies and things mm. like that you know whatever how people want to do it you can test it early i think nah 
winner. That is, <laughs> that is a real good, yeah. <laughs> real clever tactic. I wanna, Can't wait. I want to dive into that just to see what kind of new units they get. Because they've got to have at least one or two new units. Yeah, I, of course. I, I reckon, I reckon yeah. it's two new infantries. Like, one's going to be a heavier infantry, closer to Terminator style. And they're going to mm-hmm. have a new tank of some kind. And I think that might be all that's new, but then everything else will be updated as well. So I, I My prediction is that they may have a new Dreadnought of some Ooh, sort. Yeah. Or nice. something like a Dreadnought. Or mm. similar to, what's, oh, what's the name of the ones? That, is it Hell Knight? No. The ones that the uh, Grey Knights have. Dread Knight. Dread Knight. Dread Knight, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So they something have like the, that. They have the old Penitent engine, but that's really, really old mm. at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see a Walker of some sort, a Walker mm. Dreadnought type yeah. vehicle. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, there, there was something I always loved about them is that sort of that curved glass cupola, cupola or whatever that they had on the flamethrower tank. That was really yes. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I love the aesthetic. These these are going to be great. I'm really looking yep. forward to next Can't wait. year. Mm. <laughs> Save up your money, guys. Yeah, they gave you a whole year's warning. <laughs> exactly. You can't you can't hold it against them. <laughs> right. So the next thing is there's something that this is something that sort of went a bit quiet for a while, which mm. is the the Imperial Knight. Uh, the character that was mentioned a while ago, which is Sir mm. Hector and his knight, was it Knight Preceptor? Mm. The yeah, because I remember actually one of the guys on our Discord was mentioned. Like, when's it coming out? And like, yeah, well, I don't know it's actually. Been it's been like all, six months. <laughs> yeah, it sort of just just disappeared because obviously we mm. we first saw previews of this guy. I think again back at the original Warhammer Fest. Yeah, and obviously then since then we've had obviously the new Codex and and knights and things like that, and it was just a bit surprising this this guy just <laughs> just went out you know just went out of touch really so yeah uh yeah but it's really cool very mm. good very cool looking model yeah so, uh, it's yeah. it's pretty good so what it's going to be is it's going to be you have your current knight warden kit i believe which includes the upgrade sprue for all the different carapace weapons and the gauntlet and the gatling cannon things and they're basically just putting an extra sprue in that box that adds the preceptor weapon options hector's model and I think it's also a bit that you can use for an interior cockpit with like a pilot in yes, it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and there was, there was a small debacle about this because some people got their hands on this month's White Dwarf early and this month's White Dwarf lists that box as an increased price. Whereas Games Workshop oh. said earlier that it is exactly the same price they've just thrown in. The yeah, room. they did. Um, they did say it. Yeah. And they have clarified that the White Dwarf is a misprint. And that ah. it will indeed be the normal price, which was good because from my point of view, that jumped the night up another eighty dollars, and I'm like, that's way too much <laughs> oh, for a night. No, no way. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah, no, but, that's good. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's good. Like knights, I, I've said this before. Knights, in my opinion, are already great value just because the kit's so good to work with. I'm still having so much fun <laughs> with my knight. I know it's taking forever, but it's because I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, but it's fine. You're loving it. Yeah. And, like, adding more stuff, like an interior cockpit, a cool little on-foot model who, like, I, I love the rule of that guy where if, if, if his knight get, gets blown up, he just hops out <laughs> and yeah, starts carries going on. around, carries on. <laughs> but, like, you can use that model for tons of other things if you're not making a Hector as an actual character. Yeah. Know, use him, I don't know, as an Inquisitor or a oh, did you about, or I was about like to say that. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Inquisitor. Well, that's, just looking that's, at his model, he, look, he looks very yeah. Inquisitor-like, actually. Well, that, that's the thing with 40k modelers, is the second you show them an optional on-foot human model, everyone goes, is it an Inquisitor? <laughs> <It's> inquisitor. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> oh man, or or he could be some sort of commander in a yeah. Astra Militarum. Yeah, I think army he'd be good sort. for good for like a knightly house commander, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But there's lots of there's lots of things to be used for, and the preceptor knight is actually interesting because I think it acts like a captain for armigers, if I'm remembering correctly from what mm. I've heard of the codex. Like it buffs up armigers. So for everyone running that detachment of one super heavy knight and the double armigers just to squeeze in the super heavy detachment, that could be a really good knight to go for. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy days. Happy days. More knights. Mm-hmm. And with the knights, we got more transfers as well. Because <laughs> I think that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so there's been multiple requests for the old transfer sheets mm-hmm. uh, to be reprinted. So, yeah. yep. On, they're coming on the way as well, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So they're less people, you know, Get they are listening. Griffith Knights painted. Well, that's the thing. Exactly. Like, the spokesperson for Warhammer Community, Duncan Rhodes, couldn't get his own transfers. It was a travesty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, of course, they released them. Uh, just of course for they do. Just for Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> and it benefits everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. So moving on to Kill Team, they're mm-hmm. releasing Command Roster, which is like Combat Roster and War Scroll Builder. So the mm. on the community website where you can obviously use these tools to build your own power level armies mm. in 40k and Age of Sigmar. So they're doing a Kill Team version, which is of no real surprise. Well, yeah. Can, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got the rest, why not? Yeah. So, I mean, I prefer Battlescribe myself, but, you know, this is, you know, it's, <laughs> it's still a free tool that you can use. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, next bit of news is what have we got? So, we've got turn signals on a land raider. Now, Did this is not something on. No, that's because something I'm not particularly familiar with. This is this has me actually quite over the moon because this was really big for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I read this a lot back when I was in high school when I first got into the hobby, and that was at a time where Games Workshop was beginning to be difficult and not playing particularly nice with anyone else in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I really got into this webcomic and I read it because it, it's, it's just a fun little comedy comic of like this guy's homebrew chapter, the pointy sticks, um, and their sort of travails and difficulties being some toys. It, it's Toy Story, but with Space Marines, basically. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> what the world um, wants. <laughs> yeah, and um, shortly after I started reading it, the comic went under because Games Workshop continually sent cease and desists at the time because, like, you know, you're mm. infringing on our IP and everything is like, I don't even have ads on my page, but okay, I'm going to shut down the comic. And now they've got the original creator back, They've hired him to keep making more of it, and hopefully, I'm assuming the rest, like all the previous issues, will be like hosted on the Warhammer site somewhere. I presume so, yeah. I presume yeah. so because I really want to go back and reread all of it. That it wasn't particularly like deep or witty or anything, but it was just nice fun. You know, you had the you had the squad member who was um so caked in paint he couldn't move, things like that. <laughs> all the usual, all the usual stuff. Um, uh, debates over whether we pronounce it a las cannon or a lays cannon, because really, if it's if you think about it, it's a laser cannon, not a laser cannon, and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was a fun little web comic, and it was part of my not not really childhood, but like mid teenagehood, and I'm yeah. really happy to see it coming back. Like after Games Workshop pushed it away all those years ago, they're bringing it back and saying, actually, no. You were an important part of like the, the sort of the cultural community of the hobby for a fair while there. So I'm really excited yeah. to get this back. Um, I don't know yeah. about you. So 
<laughs> no, well, like I said, I've, I'm not familiar with it, but mm. it, I think I think it's great for people like yourself that were into it before, mm. and it, it's again whole part of this newer Games Workshop oh, sort yeah. of remit and and mm-hmm. brand and all that sort of side of things. So no, I'm 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 pleased for everyone. I mean, you know, I'll get I'll give I'll give them a look when they when they're yeah. out. I think yeah, cool. I know it's good. I, know, mm-hmm. I, I think particularly for the was it Stephen the creator mm. on this that you know I'm, it's good for him really because oh, yeah. like I said it's there's nothing worse than when you you know you make something that people enjoy and then like I said cease and desist come around yeah, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. It's nice. That you know he gets to work on it again, and obviously his mm. hopefully his previous work is out there now as well as part of this. So no, I think that's fantastic, and it's just mm. a, another little thing, isn't it? Another oh yeah, another <laughs> you know string to the bow, isn't it for mm. for G Dubs? So yeah, oh, happy days. And I mean, um, before we move on this one, do you feel like Games Workshop is really going? Maybe web comics are good because but we've got role models, which is pretty great. Mm. I love that. Now we've got this, and now we have Vainglorious. <laughs> <laughs> which is the next point. well yeah I, I i think that they've realized that 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 not everything has to be models not has to be white dwarf mm. not has to be mm. you know black library novels you know it, there yeah. is other forms of media out there like i said mm. web comics uh like i said we, like we said before the youtube channels and and the facebook page and things like that i think they just realized that having fingers in a lot of pies is yeah is what you know it, as a as a thing like again it's like going back slightly going back to 40k conquest for mm. you know that over here in 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 the uk we've had that on our tvs so you you getting wow. people yeah. that are seeing you know as, as a main a mainstream advert on tv because mm. and, and we, we get them a lot so when you see these sort of whether it's 40k or i know dc comics or any of these mm. sort of collectible you know, weekly subscription things, you know, you see them on TV a lot and, and it's surreal seeing 40k, <laughs> you know, yeah. Warhammer on the TV like that for us. And so, you, you know, it's a clever thing because you can imagine there's a lot of people out there. Who, oh yeah. Like us, so adults that mm. may be thinking, Oh, I used to collect Warhammer when I was a kid. Yeah. Hmm. Um, would I get back into that or, you know, or something like that. And, uh, you know, and for, and there's even, I remember seeing on Twitter, there's people, that are basically saying like their mums and dads have called them saying you know you know you know that hobby where you're painting little men you know it's on tv <laughs> it's just, it's, <laughs> you know, it's quite a surreal thing but yeah, i think yeah. that they've they've realized that mm. that to get people into this hobby you've not oh you've got to find different ways of doing it we've said yeah. multiple times you've got all these gateway games you've got all these little things you've got you know these board games that are appearing in your your waterstones and your mm. uh, your barnes and nobles and all these you know these bookshops and things like that they're finding different ways of getting it into you know into it. and this is another way i mean you mm. know for some people they'll look at this they'll read this web comic and it'll bring back memories like for yourself for people that um don't don't really or have never had any experience with it i'll you know i'll check it out and then there'll be people that may come across it you know as not because they're into warhammer because they go oh look at this comic it's quite funny check Mm -hmm. it out and then their mates look at it and then they may get them into warhammer it's just yeah i think gw have realized that's the way they've got to go about things so and like you said with this next one this uh vain glorious now this one Mm -hmm. looks really cool just from the artwork it looks (laughs) it looks really cool so so yeah this is the what's it the brother of rogue trader Alusia Vane, yeah, uh, handsome yeah. and completely useless brother. <laughs> he, he looks it as well. Oh yeah, he really does. So yeah, that'll be that'll be really cool. So mm. yeah, so web comics are definitely the way forward for him. Yeah, apparently. So yeah. Mm. 
So, uh, what's the next bit? So, yeah, we got, um, as we said last episode, we got the new Warhammer Underworlds mm-hmm. sort of season two coming out, which is yep. Night Vault. So, they've actually shown off a little trailer. Again, as expected, to a degree, mm. they've decided to obviously follow the Soul Wars theme. So, yeah. this one is all about Nagash and death. And this one obviously has in the box, you're getting some of the new. Uh, evocators from the mm. the new sacrosanct chamber and you're getting is it chain rasps i believe yeah yes yeah. A, chain, cha- chain a rasps. bunch of chain rasps and something no one's quite sure what it is which is interesting mm. which is the one in white with like the the thorn vine coming out of the hand um yeah yeah no one's sure exactly what that is and we know they're going to get rules for age of sigma because all the shades by units do uh, all the Warhammer Underworlds units do. I've got to change my terminology. Yeah, um, we can't call it Chase Fire anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see exactly what she is. But Yeah, yeah she's called the, moment, the Briar Queen. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm assuming it'll be like another caster and a unit of bodyguards or something like that. But Yeah. I, I think it's really cool. Um, the-, the Chain Rasps look really awesome. Like, they have a lot more variety than the easy-to-build ones, which... Then, Definitely. Yeah. Like, I, I really like the one that has that spiked collar on, and it obviously chopped his head off when he died, so he's carrying his <laughs> yeah. head under his arm. Yeah. There, there's some very cute ones like that. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's, there's the more sinister ones as well, like the guy who's obviously crucified or something, but, yeah. you know, that's that's Nighthorn for you. Um, I actually really like the Stormcast, because it looks like it's two Evocators and an Encantor, technically. Yes. Well, that's uh, how and, it looks, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And that's really good because Soul Wars gives you three evocators and you need a unit of five. So five, if you get, yes. if you get this, you've filled up the <laughs> unit. <laughs> yeah, just look at just looking at the photo the sorry, the photograph of his, his mm. card. He's uh, yeah, he's an encantor. So yeah. he's he's called Everon Stormshire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Sire, I should say, Stormshire. So Stormshire, mm. Stormshire. <laughs> yeah. Have you been yeah. to the land of Stormshire? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that sounds like a good D and D hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we we've seen a couple of models. Sorry, I've just I've yeah. just got this mental image of of cows spitting out lightning. <laughs> oh, oh man, hold on, I got to write that down. Just a second. <laughs> Don't go out into the fields. <laughs> Stormshire. <laughs> just, got, just, got, just got these cows going, Merge. <laughs> lightning just fires Stormshire <laughs> lightning cows? Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an adventure with this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, that's really good. Um, as I was saying, we've, we've seen a couple of models from one of the other as yet unannounced teams, but this is more or less confirmed grots are coming in a big way sometime soon because yes, they are. there's a big mushroom troll and then there's a flying squig. And I love the flying <laughs> squig so much. It looks great. It looks so good. It's, it's got these tiny, comically small bat wings, which, yeah, beautiful, lovely. And, and um, yeah, and the mushroom troll looks nice. I think it's the mm-hmm. angle makes him look a little flat, but I think if we saw him from a slightly different angle, he'd look a bit more 3D. I yeah. think it's just the angle makes all the mushrooms line up perfectly. I'm sure they're not in a perfectly straight line on the actual model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it looks interesting. And it it makes it seem like it, a grot team might not be like 12 grot models and a squig. It might be this big guy, a couple of squigs, and a couple of grots. And actually be a quite yeah. compact uh, Underworlds team 
well it like sort of has skeletons. to be yeah because you said it's just i mean the, the sepulchral guard they're the biggest one i believe at the mm. moment and they've got seven in yeah. their team yeah uh, or war bands and obviously the same with the the um the chain rasp ones as well so mm. i think yeah i think to be fair because of space they can't make it when there's like 20 <laughs> yeah. on a board yeah. it just won't it's not just not enough room but no i think i think it's really cool because again this is another another reason potentially for people to jump in on Warhammer Underworlds because obviously yeah. you can this will come with a new box set and again it's for people that are either already into the game or haven't started the game so this is where you could jump in or if you've already got Shade Spire then you might as well buy it because you get all the new cards as well as obviously the two mm. new warbands and a new uh, game boards as well things like yeah. that so yeah. and um a new system within it because this is introducing magic as a system yes. within the game as well, which is why mm-hmm. you have encounters and presumably the Briar Queen is going to be some kind of caster, people assume, yeah. because this introduces magic. Uh, I'm still really interested to see the transition from Shadespire to Night Vault narratively, because yes. I, Slanesh is going to eat Shadespire. It's right yeah, there on the map. you've got that theory of yours, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's going to happen. I'm really looking... For, just do it. Let us know that it's true. Come on, guys. You, you put you put Shadespire on the map right next to Slanesh for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's there for you. Didn't just choose. You, there was so much blank space on that map. You could put Shadespire anywhere. You put it right next to Slanesh. Come on. <laughs> yeah, for, for you conspiracy theorists out there, mm. that's why they did it. They knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, with the with the with the Shadespire rulebook, you did get a short bit of lore at the start mm. of the book. So, be interested to see if they. Hopefully, it's a different set of law. Oh, they, yeah. they haven't just re- literally reprinted the same rule book <laughs> that no, Shade Spire's got with it. It'll so, be different, I'm sure. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it will. Happy days. <laughs> Looking forward yeah. to it. So, right, what's next in Age of Sigmar? So we've got, now this looks really exciting, <laughs> the Realm of Chaos, Wrath and Rapture. I love that yes. name. Wrath and Rapture. Yeah. Definitely. Oh. So, so obviously, this is looking to be a box set involving Corn and Slanesh. Yeah. Um. They, obviously, yep. the the trailer didn't really give that much away. Obviously, it's a bit of a teaser trailer, but it's it's basically one hundred percent confirming Slanesh is coming back in a big way. Yeah. Because like yeah, the final is, line yeah. is like, "Did you miss us?" And I'm like, "Yes, yeah, I did miss you. Yes, yes, please we, come back. Yes, we did. <laughs> there need to be four Especially gods Cameron. again. <laughs> there need to be <laughs> yeah. four gods again. Three is the yeah. number." <laughs> so are we are we sort of thinking this is similar to like Forge Bane and the other ones in forty K like Yeah, a, I think so. Like, like a That's like how a, I read it. Mm, like yeah, a, I, yeah, another box. Yeah, two armies in a box. Yeah. Or yeah. Two, I, yeah. I, I I think that's what it'll be. It'll it'll obviously be corn versus Slaneshi demons. Um, mm-hmm. it's stated that it's for Age of Sigma, but people from Nova has said, have said that representatives said it will be able to be used in either system, which means it's purely demons on both sides, most likely. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, demons for a faction usually means some improvement to the model version of that faction in either setting. So, um, Agreed. <clears throat> looking out for Empress children and world. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, look, we we need new berserkers. We need new everything for Emperor's children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, please, please come along soon. Uh, but we also need more Slaneshi demons. Um, people are guessing like a plastic fiend kit and a new keeper of secrets because the demonettes are all right. They're a bit yeah. old, but then they're the same as the blood letters and the horrors. I think horrors might have some newer ones. Yeah, they um, do. Yeah, they're yeah. slightly newer. Yeah, yeah. 
But like, like the demonettes are for the most part fine. It's just we would like some new fiends, a new greater demon, and maybe some new interesting demon other things. Um, and you know, you could expand on corn a little as well, although they're a little more fleshed out at the moment, so who knows if they need it. Um, mm. but yeah, no, this is, look, Slanesh is coming back. Just do it already. <laughs> I'm so tired of waiting. I, there's so many exciting things already happening, I know, but please, just do it. Just bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, like we said before, it could be in time for around Christmas because obviously mm. well, there were all these rumours that are circulating around about, from well, from 40K's perspective, <laughs> obviously Fulgrim, Angron yeah. and, and yeah. things like that happening around Christmas. So, yeah, that could tie in quite nicely. We could oh, have it on, like I said, both both <laughs> universes. So we could have some new Emperor's Children, some new mm. uh, World Eaters, plus potential Primarchs, plus yeah. these new demons yeah. that obviously will, like I said, oh, integrate man. into both systems that will be a lovely christmas thank you (laughs) what what do you think the um what do you think the odds are that someone working at games workshop high up really really likes if the emperor had a text-to-speech device and they're just and they're just doing slaneshmas because they want to (laughs) exactly i i think is the the I mean, especially when it comes to Sinesh, and we've said it multiple times, they need mm. to be back out as a prominent god and force yeah. as well. It feels weird that, mm. that especially on the Age of Sigmar side, where Sinesh is just trapped. I mean, it's it's, it's a cool narrative, don't get mm. me wrong, and I think yeah. it plays in nicely, but that can't be forever, because it's just, you're literally just <laughs> hamstringing a, <Yeah>. a god. <laughs> or, <laughs> well, it, it can be forever, but at least update the forces. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah Sinesh can be trapped, but it's there needs to be something from Sinesh's side. Like even even if it is, because mm. obviously we know from the law perspective that obviously they they've got a sniff of Sinesh and mm. the followers are. are <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my new fragrance, sniff of Sinesh, because <laughs> I'm worth it. Um, and um, <laughs> wow, oh man. Oh, what's wrong yeah. today? So, <laughs> or what's right? Who knows? Mm. So, yeah, they need to they need to have a more prominent Sinesh, yeah, know, force oh, out yeah. there. So, yeah, so it's on the way. We can we on know it's way. happening. Yeah, and yeah. it's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, what's next? So, we've got. Uh, well, when it comes to Middle Earth, I know we don't really cover mm. the sort of Lord of the Rig side of things, but I must admit it's definitely getting a lot of hype because you know, again, mm. if you look online, look on Twitter and things like that, there's for people that are into the Middle Earth games, the Lord mm. of Rings and Hobbit ones, they're you know they're they're definitely happy with what's coming out so far. You know, it's supposed yeah, to be a really yeah. good, really good game. So yeah, they've from shown off. I've heard uh, it's very tight as a skirmish system. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like we said before, you've got uh, they've got a skirmish based system, which I think is called Battle Companies, and then mm. you've got you know the full scale side of it. Um, so yeah, so at Nova they've shown off uh, Gandalf and Pippin, which looks yep. uh, very good. Very good Very miniature, cool especially Gandalf, yeah. especially his yeah. facial. He looks really good. Yeah. And then you've got, they've obviously announced a sort of new expansion or a, I should say a, a book that's going to obviously give a few more bits, which is Gondor at War. So, mm-hmm. you know, for people into that. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. You know, I mean, I'm, I must admit, I've, you know, I, there's multiple times I turn my eye to it when I'm thinking, hmm, I love Lord of the Rings yeah. in that universe. <laughs> <laughs> Those models do look very good. So, no, mm-hmm. good, good. I'm glad they haven't sort of killed it off. No. So, yeah, it, it was quiet so, yeah. for a long time, but it's definitely back in a major way. I've been enjoying lo- watching a lot of battle reports on YouTube. Yeah, I have just, as well. They're fun just to have watch. Interest. They're, they're yeah. much shorter, but they're much sort of punchier. I think it's because it's at a much smaller scale overall in the most mm. part. 
it's it's well, yeah, it's fun to watch. <laughs> it's funny actually because one of the one of the sort of pairs of uh, YouTubers that I watched Battle Reports mm. for they they were doing a like I said a, a Middle Earth one and mm. you know this is an, and it was like barely half an hour long I was like oh yeah <laughs> like I was yeah. looking at the video time and that includes obviously all the intros and outros and all mm. that side of things mm. I was like so but that, no that's good good you know not everything has to be uh, three hours long apart <laughs> yeah. from our podcasts because um, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much to talk about mm. so right lastly so the last sort of main bit that came from the nova open now this this was an interesting one because i i remember before the announcements when we were talking on discord there was this sort of teaser reveal that mm. was circulating around the internet i think i found it on bolter and chainsword yeah. about the and obviously there was a lot of speculation we think obviously you could see it was rogue trader related and mm. we were sort of thinking oh you know there's people speculating is oh is it a new stc is there a new race is there a new planet so all these rumors are going through and basically they've announced a 40k version of whammer quest which yeah. Awesome. Damn right, they have. <laughs> <laughs> Happy days. So it's going to be called Blackstone Fortress. Mm. Um, I think I, I was over the moon when I read this because yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I've never, I haven't played the latest Warhammer Quest. I, I do own it, mm. but I haven't played it. I, I loved the original that was out. Um, I suppose for some people it was a a D and D light, <clears> but for someone like myself who's never played D and D, I know yeah. people very shocked <laughs> at that. But I, <laughs> no, but. You know, I th- I think this is fantastic. I think I d- I can't wait to see what comes of this. Um, mm. Have you got any sort of thoughts? What you think is um, going to be in it? Like, so I've been reading up on the rumors, and the rumors at the moment are it's black. It's called Blackstone Fortress, so it obviously has something to do with Necrons. But everything points towards it being a rogue trader versus chaos marines kind of thing. And the big yes. thing everyone online's been focusing on is that it contains three chaos marine models in plastic. Now. The current Chaos Space Marine models are very, very old and very <laughs> extremely minusculely tiny um, yes, in comparison yes, to are. the newest stuff. Um, and the rumors are that these three can be merged with an eventual later kit to form a full squad of ten. And that gets me excited because, you know, that everyone's <laughs> throwing around rumors like the Black Legion is coming back at some point, And we know we have the Black Legion attacking Vigilus uh, in Tooth and Claw and, you know, various other things, Speed Freaks. Uh, all centered around this one world of Vigilus. I I want Chaos Marines to make a big comeback. They're a little low low tier in some would say the competitive world right now. They're a little yep. low tier in the narrative. Like we we've done big things. It's the big. There's the Great Rift. It's the Dark Imperium. But Chaos Marines proper aren't really the focus. We're looking at the Death Guard, or we're looking at the Thousand Suns burning Fenris to the ground and things like that. We're not super focused on what Abaddon's up to and. God, Abaddon needs a new model because he's cool <laughs> and he's Don't powerful adjust. and he's important. And like, if this is a signifier that in the future there is going to be a focus on basic Chaos Space Marines, maybe a bit of a redux in the models and things like that. Hell yes. Awesome. Sign me up. <laughs> um, if it includes more Rogue Trader models, might point towards a future actual Imperial Agent slash Rogue Trader Codex. Yes. Sign yeah, me up. I know there's, yeah, I know there's a mini one coming with, um, the Rogue Trader expansion, but. Give us more. Um, but, you know, it sounds like it'll be a cool game. I've never played Warhammer Quest, but by all accounts, it's a cool little sort of dungeon crawl style game. So I think it'd be really interesting to play uh, a yeah. more 40k version. <laughs> yeah. I'd, uh, I'm, I'm, it's one of those things where I'm surprised they've not do, done it sooner, to be mm, honest. I, it mm. sort of it makes perfect sense. 
And yeah, like you said, I, I just, I, they, the Chaos Space Marines just desperately need a, a model overhaul. They, mm. you know, like I said, they mm. just look, I'll be honest, I think they just look silly. I've said yeah, it before that yeah. the, the standard Chaos Space Marines just look, they don't, they just look mm. comical now with yeah. their sort of horns and, and armor and just, yeah, they just, they need, I was saying it, I think I was saying, to the, because we had a bit of a chat, didn't we? Well, a few of us anyway, about on Discord, mm. about uh, <laughs> about what we think about, like what our favorite uh, traitor legions are and what what's mm. what. And yeah, they just need, they just need it. They just need a massive overhaul. They need, yeah. make, you know, make them bigger and just let, I, I said, they need to be more horror-like in the yeah, sense they need definitely. to be a bit more adult if that mm. I, you know i don't know if that's the right adjective for it but it's a little just, more r-rated for gore and yeah violence. you know exactly <laughs> just rather than they just look silly they look mm. like saturday morning cartoon villains <laughs> as, a rate, as, a, as a faction coffee. <laughs> 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 you know it's just it's a shame really because and I, again it surprises me because they're they're such a prominent force in 40k mm. you know that's you know think how often they've been part of the main box set you yeah know, and even yeah. in dark imperium i know it's technically death guard but they just i, I just again it's they just mm. feel like they've been properly neglected and i don't yeah. understand why to be honest they well you know it, games workshops have been busy focusing on other things um that's true <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's but true. like, Give them that. I, I I agree with you that they need to be scary in in an interesting way because it's they're scary because of what they represent. Technically, like these are yeah ten thousand these are ten thousand year old heretics. Like your average space marine is maybe forty to fifty years old. These guys have been fighting a war against the Imperium for literally ten thousand years. Mm. They are terrifying combat veterans in this massive powered armor filled with demonic energy and things like that. They need to be big and powerful and scary uh yeah. at the moment they're small and slightly comical and not particularly scary on the tabletop either um no. <laughs> yeah but you know i would love to see a proper overhaul like games workshop knows they need new models you can't buy <laughs> the regular chaos marine box in store anymore unless it's part of the start collecting box because they just yeah, don't that's true. keep it on the shelves yeah. They don't want it on the shelves. They don't want to compare it to the newer things in the Space Marine line. I'm assuming or something like that. Well, yeah, because they just they just don't compare, unfortunately. Mm. And yeah, it, I, I think it's going to happen. I think, it, and like mm. I said, it could tie in nicely. It depends really if all these rumors are true. I mean, yeah. Abaddon does, like I said, does need desperately a new a new model, and it, mm. it's it's a shame really because of how prominent him and the Black Legion are, and their mm. their Black Crusades are all the way through this you know current timeline or leading up mm. to this current timeline you know it's sort of i find it a bit bizarre that they're so prominent in this even yeah. more so than the death guard and the thousand sons and and the other mm. le- you know the other uh, traitor <laughs> legions the black legion is is the main the you know, legion the yeah the legion it's uh, but yeah they've got the most neglected miniatures mm. and and their you know and their head honcho looks yeah. you know i mean he's still not bad in the sense of how old he is he still looks no. cool but when you but compare him to the current stuff he, he yeah. does it he has he aged is, <laughs> he is shorter by like a half head than the plastic terminator lord which is itself very old um yeah exactly yeah i, I hope i hope it's been so long because they've been working hard to make sure they do it right and yeah. you know if we'll see with uh, Blackstone Fortress, I guess, because we'll see hopefully some new Chaos Marine models there, and uh, see if they measure up. Because I swear to God, if it's just the the little easy to build three man Chaos Marine squad from like two thousand one, <laughs> I'm gonna flip the table. 
no <laughs> like i i got those because they're like ten dollars and i just needed three backpacks to convert some blight kings <laughs> into actual death guard fair enough yeah, yeah, yeah they are awful they are so small um <laughs> Uh, you know, so hopefully they're good ones and they're not just we we threw these three chaos marines in there. Don't be mad at us. Um, yeah, no, I I th- I I've got faith. I think yeah. they I think they probably won't do that. And to be fair, if they do introduce new chaos space marines, they are literally gonna get rid of the old ones anyway. Oh, so yeah. it's you know it's because well I don't think it, but it, it's similar to the situation now with Primaris marines where mm, they you know, take people the focus. Yeah, they take yeah. folks away from your conventional marines. I suppose a good thing is you can still use normal marines from a game mm. from a sort of game point of view and obviously a lore point of view as well because they've not been replaced. Yeah, it's, you know they still both exist. Whereas you know I suppose it's the same with the chaos stuff. They can still technically mm. exist because, like you said, they're ten thousand years old. But yeah, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping that it'll be more of like just a model upgrade rather than like a lore here are the chaos primaris right off. Yeah. The yeah, yeah, it's not needed. It it's not needed. That. It's not needed. Um, yeah. no. I, I would like to see some new Chaos Marine units that are maybe created after messing around with Primaris stuff because we know things like the Thousand Suns have been capturing Primaris for experimentation and stuff like that. True. Um, I would like to see new units with that, but I would like to see just an upgrade to just the models for basic Chaos Marines. You know, maybe make their rules a bit better, bring them in line with um, some of the other stuff in the game, but just just make them look nicer. <laughs> You don't yeah, need to like we want. make a whole new unit to replace them. Just make make the same unit look nicer, look pretty, look a little taller. Um, <laughs> not have little chicken legs want. and a head the size of a balloon. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a lovely image. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, talking of lovely images, let's let's wrap up the um, the last bits of non Nova mm. news. Non Nova news. That's a Non-Nova tongue twister. News. So, <laughs> so yeah, they've revealed that uh, the Beastmen Battle Tome is mm-hmm. in the works on the way. Which yeah. I, I think mean, this we month. Were, yeah, yeah, because we were speculating that that new endless spell, the one with the, the charging mm-hmm. ball, could have been yeah. Chaos Dwarves. Unfortunately, it's not. It's definitely well, Beastmen. I mean, not but, unfortunately. I'm I'm quite excited for these as well. Yeah, cool. I. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, no. It's no disrespect to Beastman. I just, I just love Chaos Dwarves. I just was yeah, hoping no, it was Chaos, Chaos Dwarves. I, I don't blame um, you there. <laughs> so no, I no, I think that's very cool. I mean, the they've they haven't really sort of shown much of it so far, mm, but uh, front, yeah. you know, front cover looks yeah awesome. Um, and... Well, what what we know is that it's going to bring. This is something I was hoping would happen. Um, is that it's bringing a lot of disparate sub factions because Age of Sigma broke everything into mini factions together as one. Com- complete faction now so it's yes. um so it's bray herds which is beastmen proper like the gores and the ungores and the shamans and the um beast lords it's war herds which is all the minotaurs uh it's thunderscorn which is the dragon ogles and shagoths and it's the beasts of chaos or the actual monsters so this sounds we haven't seen the book yet obviously but this sounds like it'll be actually quite a large generic chaos faction yeah and every- yeah and- that's how i say and- it I see every god-dedicated Sigmar player just praying that you can mark the Beastmen so that they can have cheap troops for their Maggotkin or their Blades of Corn or the Disciples of Seen yeah. or whatever. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to exactly how that all gels together because I want it to just be one seamless army. I don't, yeah. I don't want it Legions of Nagash style where you could break up and this is, you could run a Warherds style with some Brayherds mm-hmm. mixed in or you can run a Brayherds with some Warherds. Just throw them all together. Hell, run an army with 16 
uh, 16 <laughs> manticores and nothing else. Go nuts. <laughs> it's the yeah. dark gods. They're with us. Um, yeah. And they're getting three endless spells and a terrain piece, which honestly indicates that basically everything's going to come with a terrain piece from now on, it seems. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they're getting the Hearthstone, which looks really cool from what we've seen. Yeah. I mean, going back to your point about <laughs> sort of bringing all these sort of smaller factions together it's very needed because it's just very confusing for a lot of people yeah um, whether you're old or new for for us older players where you obviously remember these factions it's sort of you feel a bit sorry for the well i do anyway mm. where you feel sorry for a lot of these you know, where they sort of just <laughs> sort of push to one side and obviously for newer yeah. players they don't really probably understand where these fit in whereas mm. i like it when we've spoken about whatever happens with the light shadow elves whatever that mm. side of things is going to be it would be again it would be nice if they tie up all the elves again not yeah, necessarily like the yeah. like the deep kin and obviously though and obviously the sylvaneth to a degree yeah but 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 you know just tie up all the old high elves all the old dark elves all yeah, the old wood elves yeah. all these you know the wanderers and and all these sort of ones just just put them together you know just mm. put them under one like i said like they're doing with Beastman, just put them under one banner and it just makes things a lot easier <laughs> to be honest it just yeah, gives yeah you know it's confusing otherwise so no that's good <laughs> great news mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as we're getting older it gets more confusing oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um talking to confusing no mm-hmm. well i felt it was anyway so obviously there's now this well i suppose it is i don't think it's been officially confirmed but it has mm-hmm. in a way so basically the Horus Heresy box sets, which is Betrayal of Kalth and The Burning of Prospero, of, mm-hmm. and also Renegade, which is that box set they recently two re-released, the, yeah. the Two Knights, which is obviously very good value for money. They basically, they've take, they've stopped selling them now. Um, mm-hmm. I must admit, for the for Heresy players, those two box, box sets, especially Betrayal of Kalth, <laughs> yeah. um, was an absolute bargain for what oh, we yeah. get in it. You know, we, you know, if you look at that box set, you're getting 30 mark for marines you're getting five terminators you're getting a couple of characters and you're getting a contempt of dreadnought mm. and you know as well as all the other little bits that come with it and obviously for a lot you know for people that want to get into the horus heresy <coughs> that is your easy way in basically mm. you know well, well the cheapest way in i should say <laughs> um you know where it's a well-known thing that you know if you get experienced heresy players if you go to a person that wants to get into it buy a couple of these boxes it's you know it's an instant start into this and i just think it's a real shame that they're taking these away i just Mm. i suppose all i hope is that we've and i think a few of us said this online is that they're replacing it with something else yeah um yeah that's not been confirmed there's no and there's a good chance Mm. that may not happen because i think gw said a while ago they weren't going to replace anything heresy wise in a hurry but yeah who knows <laughs> i think because this this timing seems a little weird for me with uh, another heresy related product which is the horus heresy book line is actually coming to an end that uh, is in the novels mm-hmm. and it's starting a new set with the siege of terror part yeah. of me wants to think maybe we're getting another horus heresy not not another edition of horus heresy but basically another box set for horus heresy that is more siege focused and is maybe yeah. like Imperial Fists and uh, Sons of Horus. Yeah. Um, and it's more like a siege focused book. You know, you get a piece of terrain, like a wall, you get a bunch of Mark III Marines for the Imperial Fists, you get a bunch of Mark IVs for the, uh, the Sons of Horus or whatever. And a new, a new box set in that, in that way to sort of spark interest in um, Horus Heresy a little more. And we've just spoke at length about 
potential Chaos Marines coming sometime relatively soon, maybe tie that in with, here's the Black Legion and doing all this stuff, and here with this box you can see what the Black Legion were before they became these awfully scary corrupt Chaos Marines, here's them just <laughs> as Rebel Marines. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it feels like maybe they might not be coming back at all, and no, hopefully I... something moves in to replace them is what I'm saying. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have said, and where make it a Siege of Terror starter mm. set, you know, or yeah. uh, well, a Horus Heresy starter set, but obviously based around the Siege of Terror. So do away mm. with the the game itself, because I mean, mm. from what I've heard, the, the Horus Heresy game, not not thirty k, not the the Forge yeah. World side, but obviously yeah. what you get with this these now Boxes. discontinued box sets, yeah, um, is actually quite a good game. But let's be honest, people aren't buying it for that. No, so no. get rid of all that. Get rid of the counters, the dice, and all that sort. Of, just just put that aside and just make a Horus Heresy plastic mm. starter set where yeah. it comes with, you know, a fair few Marines. It comes with like a Contempt of Dreadnought, a couple of characters. And again, you know, base it around the Siege of Terror. And, you know, because ultimately the Heresy players are, you know, are generally aggrieved in the last <laughs> few months because of obviously the whole Forge World thing that we spoke yeah. about last time with yeah. the price increase, these last chance to buys. You know, it feels like it's being killed off without anyone mm. saying it's being killed off i mean hopefully yeah. it's not i don't think it is i just no. think that now you know the these so you're making it a hard job for heresy players now because obviously mm. this was always a you know regardless of what's going on with forge world mm. you go oh it's all right we've always got betrayal at health we've always got that <laughs> box set we've always got yeah. there that to buy out and, and there's still copies lingering around i mean the gwo went into the other day they still had a few copies left so they are mm. around but they will start getting bought up and then it's going to be a real hard thing to get hold of. So yeah, I, I just think it's yeah. a shame. I'm, I'm not surprised. Well, I was going to say I'm not surprised at Renegade because, again, they mm. never said it was going to be forever. But I suppose I am surprised slightly whilst, like, for example, mm. the fact you've still got this, the one we were talking about earlier, with you know, the the new knight that's on the way. Yeah. You, know, you think yeah. this would be another way to, you know, people think, oh, yeah, knights. Oh, I'll grab Renegade. You know, it's. Mm. I just think it would last. They would have discontinued it a uh, maybe i know early next year you know once mm. people have sort of finished the, on this night train yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So I, d I don't know i'm just a bit it, confused by yeah, that to it, nice. uh, it would be nice if it stuck around long because i still didn't get around to actually buying one to be no fair. same here it's, <laughs> it's taken me it's taken me this long to get one night to like 50 percent finished it's mm. <laughs> two of them would be a nightmare um yeah night which well, is it's this whole fear <laughs> of missing out complex yeah. that we deal with i mean there's nothing uh, i don't know what it is there's there's times where things get discontinued and even though you have no real interest in it you feel like mm. you've got to then potentially go out and buy oh, yeah. it because you just don't yeah. but it's no you know we don't we don't need to do that you know yeah. <laughs> there's always there's that. always plenty of stuff out there <laughs> <laughs> uh, right okay so the last little bits of news and then we'll wrap this segment up mm. so uh there's only a quick little one they they sort of basically announced this warhammer school clubs little yeah yeah sort of thing we can they can do i mean from what i understand this is definitely in only in america and potentially canada mm. so it's not over in either of our continents at the moment but and mm. may never come out either <laughs> but it's basically it's a way that, of getting school kids into playing warhammer so a, as yeah. a school um i think it's for like 12 to 18 year olds um if you mm. you know you can basically apply to this program and mm. if you're accepted you know, you can then, you know, set up this sort of officially endorsed Warhammer club at your school as, you know, as a teacher. Mm, and yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I've seen some of the photos on, I was on Reddit earlier. They, they send mm. you quite a few bits. They send yeah. you, you know, a few of the, like the first strike box sets. 
This was it okay. the storm strike one. Mm. Uh, you get uh, some paper, um, some paperbacks of Hammerhal and Crusade. You know those new okay. um, yeah. starter novels. Um, I'll send you the photo. Yeah, you get quite a few. Mm. You know, quite a few bits with it. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. as a, you know, as a as a little starter. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think cool. that's great. Honestly, like when I was in well, yeah. What's your high perspective school? as a teacher? As a teacher yeah. yourself? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not so much a classroom teacher, although I did that for a fair while there. Um, yeah. When I was in high school and I was getting into the hobby, it was always a little difficult for me to actually play anything because I had two friends who had gotten me into the hobby and they were about the only people I knew. And it was really difficult to go out to any games workshop because I couldn't drive and public transport took forever to get anywhere and you didn't want to carry a whole bunch of stuff on public transport as well. So, you know, end result was I really loved the hobby. I was really into it. I read a lot. Um, I did a fair bit of modeling and I thought about it a lot, but I never really got involved socially so much with the hobby, which is a big thing for me now. I really, I'm loving the hobby so much because there's this great store where I've got a bunch of people <laughs> I know and they're great to hang out with and chat with and play with. Um, and having that centered at your school as like an extracurricular activity, it's a social thing. It involves like hand-eye coordination and physical skills with building and painting, artistic skills. Um, it has, you know, thinking skills in terms of, you know, you have to do strategy and tactics if you want to at least try and win a game. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, and I, and I think, like, you know, properly regulated so so that's not seen as, oh, they're getting our children into expensive things. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, true. And, and that's part of having the first strike stuff. So, like, even if the kids can't buy anything, there'll always be at least models they can play with mm. is really great and you've talked earlier like games workers sort of expanding the brand basically reaching out to all these different sectors i feel like this is part of that but it's one that i'm really i'm more than okay with i'm fully supportive of this idea because having this kind of thing when i was in high school and wanted to get more into it but just couldn't because it was so far away to get anywhere and things like that having somewhere where i can just go to school which is not super far away and I can play a game over an afternoon with a few with a few classmates, maybe get to know some people I didn't know so well a bit better and things like that. That sounds great. Um, and as long as it's supervised by a teacher and, you know, no fights break out or anything like that, I think it'll be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. It, it, as well as, you know, the whole... It, it, I suppose it, it can benefit kids in quite a few ways like you said you've got the mm. the whole artistic side of things from painting like you said you've got the reading side of things which mm. you know, was a big thing i always remember i'm just going slightly off topic here i always remember <laughs> when i started secondary school over here or high school in mm. other places that one of the things they said before you you know you joined the school officially you said right when you know yeah. obviously you're going to do Eng english li literature is one of your um or english language is one of your subjects mm. as a default so you know bring buy a book and yeah. you know, and you're gonna read it, and you know, and such like in class. And I picked Inquisitor, which is like the you know the you know the one the most the like really, original, really old one. Yes, yeah. um, don't remember much about it, but yeah, that was my choice of book actually at the time because I was obviously into Games Workshop at the time. So, mm. but yeah, it's I think it's great because like I said, it gets kids into reading, social aspect as well, which is always a yeah. hard thing. I mean, it's a hard it's a hard thing as an adult. Like mm. I. Again, I'm slightly going off topic here, but when <laughs> when I when I went into you know when I've gone into local games workshops and mm. or gaming clubs uh, to see what you know see what's what, it's difficult as an adult when oh, yeah. either, either when you when you're not when you don't have people that 
you can go with that will be into playing it as well. So mm. like, for example, that gaming club that I mentioned that I'll be hopefully potentially playing one of my champions, a card game at, mm. I don't know anyone there. So I'm yeah, going to have to literally yeah. just turn up. I mean, l- luckily by visiting and speaking to one of the owners, I'm, I feel a bit easier now. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I'm not, know I'm that. not an unconfident <laughs> person, but at the same time, it's so difficult mm. Just turning up to something, and go. Can I play games with you guys? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. very, you know, it's 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 hard, you know. So and it's, yeah. and it's yeah. and it's and it's hard. Like I said, when you're at school as well, mm. um, especially if I you're, mean, you, know, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah. I I have, and I don't talk about it much, but I have like anxiety disorder, and like, mm. I I feel like I remember talking about this on one of our early episodes. But when I first went into my local games workshop uh, back when we started this podcast to pick up. Um, God, what's the, not Dark Imperium, the lesser one. Um, oh, no, no, some, fear. no, no fear. Yeah. yeah. I was shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I yeah. was so nervous. Like, I, I stumbled and I stuttered and everything. And luckily, it was just the manager. No one else was there at that time. And it's like, but, you know, I got, I talked to him for a bit. I got to know him and I managed to ease myself in, but it still took me forever to actually play any games. Like, yeah, I didn't play anything does. until just before second edition of age of sigma came out i actually started yeah. playing <laughs> well that's the thing it, it's it's funny because like as a kid i uh I, I it was fine because i had school friends that were mm. into games workshop so i could go with them down yeah, the road yeah, to exactly. our local games workshop so and then that way once you to be honest once you've got the foot in the door you're generally mm. okay because you'll get to know the locals that you know turn yeah. up because ultimately you go to, like again i go to i went to the local games workshop i don't know anyone there but you know that there's people that are walking in and like oh hey so and so hey you know where the, the staff know them because obviously yeah, they're regulars yeah. there but then there's people like me who've you know who are not regulars there at all but mm. like i said i think once you have that conversation again it benefited me when i went to that gaming club the other day admittedly i went with my wife because we were <laughs> shopping but it, it was good because it the only person in there was one half of the owners it's like i said it's owned by a married couple mm. and i spoke to the the wife there and and you know it was great because i i went there to talk about magic the gathering technically but she's like oh you know warhammer champions is really popular here or getting a mm. getting a, a good vibe coming from it so you know now i feel like hopefully if i turn up and like say she was there for example i'm like oh you know i feel like i've already you know just having that conversation yeah. um yeah just but you know it's yeah it's it's it is hard and you know i think some people you know unfortunately we just take it for granted sometimes but the, mm. i think the good thing as well is though there's a lot of people again some of the people that we speak to on our discord are in the mm. same boat where yeah. they want to you know they're, they're trying to get out as as you know as adults in our 20s 30s 40s etc mm. we're trying to get out there and find people you know because we it's fine we could all talk about it uh, as we do we talk you know we've all got this common interest of warhammer and things like that but it's difficult because mm. we're physically you know it's very difficult for us to physically you know it's like well it's impossible for realistically for like <laughs> you and i to to meet yeah. up we're in you know d- different sides of the con you know of the um mm. of the world so yeah. <laughs> but you know it, you know so it's just fine trying to find that way of doing it so no mm. i think if you you know if it, the good thing is if this works this warhammer school club it'll get people being more confident and then when they're adults they hopefully may not have the same situation or they'll they'll just get on with it, you know, and just meet people and get playing Warhammer. So no, good. It's a, it's a good thing. (laughs) Um, right. Finally, the last little bit of news is rogue trader related. So as part, obviously we know the rogue trader expansion is, Mm. well, I think it's almost up for pre-order. Is it today? I think Uh, it's up for pre-order. Yeah. Today. With this recording. Yep. Yep. So it's not far off. 
So what's really cool is part of the box set is there's going to be two little mini codexes, mm. which are both focused around obviously the two kill t- um, kill teams that you get in the box set. So mm. the the star the star striders, for example, they um, will be a ally for the Astra Militarum, for example, and mm-hmm. the Galapox Infected will be yep. a Death Guard potential uh, ally. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. We've seen yeah. it with Age of Sigmar, where you get the the War Scrolls for you know, like for example, the Warhammer Underworld War mm. Bands. You know, to use them yeah. in that, and this is basically the same principle. I think it's yeah. really cool, to be honest. It's I think that's great. great. Yeah. Um. There, there's one issue I have to take with it, which is. And everyone's seen this, and I mentioned this to you early before we started recording. Yeah. Axamillion's death does not affect this unit's morale. Why don't they care you, if the dog is killed? You heartless What kind bastards. of people are they? <laughs> that is that is just cruel and unusual. Um, also, the the um, Warhammer community article introducing them said that they were they were good for countering Terminators, and I looked at the weapons. I'm like. They've got an AP minus one damage two weapon, and they've got an AP minus zero damage two weapon. I'm not so sure on that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they nah. look like they're nice as like a cheap little detachment with some yeah. interesting characters, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Again, mm. great. Again, it's, you know, it, it, there's nothing, you know, because again, this with like, for example, Rogue Trader, I believe, is mm. going to be, well, over here is going to be an 80 pound box yeah. set. Yeah, it's um, not you know, Box you know, which you, know, you know, but it's it, you know, it's a, it's still a lot, you know, especially mm. if you've just bought Kill Team, for example, oh, yeah. and spent around <laughs> that same amount of money. So, you know, it's another bit to buy an expansion, but mm. it's a bit easier if you know you can use them in in forty k as well. Yeah, they sort exactly. of uh, lessen the blow a bit. So, mm. no, mm. I think it's fantastic. And who doesn't like mini codexes? So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's been all the news for the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's been, you know, quite a bit going on, isn't there? Yeah, so, there's been a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, as always. It's, uh, it no never slows down up. these days. We're going to go no. to a proper news podcast at this rate. Exactly. That's what it feels like. <laughs> we, we started off, so, you know, we our main objective was to be a law podcast. And we're like, oh, we'll talk mm. about the news as well. But, uh, yeah, we can't. Uh, sort of takes over half the show now. But, no, yeah. that's good. Because there's, there's yeah. still plenty to talk about. Exactly. Uh, right. So, talking about plenty of talking about we're, we're going to take a, a next little break now before the main law topic and then when we return we're going to talk about some secrets Ooh. and welcome back everyone it's time to let you in on a secret <laughs> and that secret is <laughs> we're talking about a city of them <laughs> so yeah we're, g- <laughs> we're going to the mortal realms for this main law topic and mm-hmm. um, so as per a few episodes ago when we decided to talk about the novel imperator wrath of the omnissiah we've decided for this episode we're going to talk about a short novel which like i said is called city of secrets which is by nick horth mm-hmm. and it's actually one of the start here with black library books mm. that mm. they publish the sort of a bit of an interesting one actually for a for a starter compared to some of the others but uh no i think it's uh yeah we sort of just me and cameron sort of discussed <laughs> it so yeah let's let's give it a go it's the mm. and i suppose i i particularly wanted to read it and, and push it your direction because yeah. this is actually a prequel to callus and toll yeah which, which is i really a, want to read now <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> See, I thought you may say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I thought, oh, let's let's give this one a go. So, um, yeah. So obviously, from this point onwards, 
spoiler warnings. Mm-hmm. We will. I mean, we're not literally going to go through it, st- you know, scene by scene, but obviously no. we will be talking about all aspects of this book. Um, it's like I said, go and grab it anyway. It's it's definitely worth the read. It's like I said. Mm-hmm. Well, I bought this one, the actual paperback over here in the UK. It's about three pounds it's wow. really cheap actually yeah um on well that's on amazon anyway yeah for example um obviously the, the kindle book is or the ebook is sort of normal price but mm. for some reason but no grab <laughs> it it's a three pounds it's you know it's not particularly big it's about 140 pages or so mm. so it's a it's a good little easy read you know yeah. if you want to yeah, explore definitely. a bit more about age of sigma so so yeah so like i said we'll, we'll go through this and uh you know see give us our you know give you our thoughts on it and any little lore sort of nuggets that we've sort of picked out from this as well <laughs> lore nuggets uh, everyone's favorite snack we're carefully um, sieving through these books to get you your lore nuggets <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be our spin-off show yeah yeah um <laughs> or, or our new our new brand of cereal mm. so <laughs> Knowledge with every. <laughs> Mummy, can I have a bowl of lore nuggets? Mm-mm. So, well, yeah, which we've had. <laughs> oh man! Right, so before we before we start, I'll read I'll read the the sort of little bit on the on the back cover yeah, of the book yeah. just to give you a bit of everyone a bit of context on this one. So, Excelsis is the city of secrets, a grand and imposing bastion of civilization in the savage realm of beasts. Within its winding streets and shadowy back alleys, merchants deal in raw prophecy mined from an ancient fragment of the world that was, and even the poorest man may earn a glimpse of the future. Yet, not all such prophecies can be trusted. When Corporal Armand Callis of the City Guard stumbles upon a dark secret, he finds himself on the run from his former comrades, framed for a crime he did not commit. Only the witch hunter Hanover Toll knows the truth of his innocence. Together, the pair face a race. Uh, sorry, fa- yeah, face a race against time to save Excelsis from a cataclysm that would drown the city in madness and fear. <laughs> So yeah, so that's basically that's basically the um, <laughs> the back cover of the novel. So and that sums it up quite well, actually. So yeah, yeah that's basically yeah. what. So right, so that's the main law topic done. Um, <laughs> so no, uh, before we, yeah, so before we get into the the meat of it, what what's your overall sort of a, you know impressions of this? Novel? I really really liked this novel. Um, as you said, it's a nice short, easy read. Like I, I literally read it in like little twenty minute chunks. Um, mm-hmm. just when I had a break, uh, at work, stuff like that. Um, it is not like super complex, which is good because it's not long, so it shouldn't try to be <laughs> too complex. It, it's <laughs> true. Yeah. It, it's, it's like a nice short adventure novel. Like it feels, and it took about the same time as I feel like a good, like action movie. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Kind that's of a good feeling. way of putting it. Yeah. Cause like, as, as it was happening, it's, it's very action heavy. It felt like, yeah, like sort of an action intrigue movie, I think is the best way to say how I feel about mm. like its overall mm-hmm. feel. Um, I really, really like this because, uh, I remember talking a couple of episodes back how I read Eight Lamentations, The Spear of Shadows. Um, yes. That actually is partially, uh, set in Excelsis, but doesn't go super into anything about the city. Cause, you know, we see like the, it's, set at a different time as well obviously pardon me obviously um because it's set during the time when there's a big skaven attack on the city um whereas this one is set 
before any Skaven attack, presumably. Um, because there's no yeah. mention of the Skaven in this book. Uh, that's the secret yeah, that you can so, learn yeah. here. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't go, uh, Spear of Shadows obviously has much big, grander ideas and it's a much longer book, so it can go for them. So it doesn't really linger on much about Excelsis. Like, you get little bits, like, it mentions the, the dream spiders as well, you know, these big, glass-like arachnids that spin webs to hypnotize people and then drain their future out of them which was really creepy and showed up in this <laughs> one as well which i really liked yep um but this city of secrets dives a lot more into the culture of the city of excelsis which is really cool um especially because excelsis as a as like a city to set uh set like stories and adventures in is really really awesome um, so the, so as, as you mentioned from the blurb, uh, it's set, it's a city in the realm of beasts, but it's a city of prophecies. And the big thing is, um, the big draw to the city is something called the Spear of Malice, which is not yep. an ancient relic, uh, a beautiful, <clears throat> wonderful weapon or anything. It's this big <laughs> chunk of the world that was that fell out yep. of the sky <laughs> and just plowed into the bay. And then people built a city around it because you get, you can mine it for things like Sigmarite and especially for prophecies because, yep. you know, the world that was was intensely magical and this is, I guess, a bit that Zinch would have loved to tear off but didn't quite oh, get to. yeah. <laughs> That'll be in his back pocket. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I really like I really like that deeper dive into the city of Excelsis that this did, but I also love that it was very action movie-esque. Like, it, it, yeah. kept, it kept running along at a really nice clip, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I can, I can see that. And I suppose, cause I, like I said, I had the advantage of reading Callus and Toll, which obviously this mm. one, like I said, is the prequel to it. That's how I felt with Callus and Toll. I, yeah. if I had to describe it without sort of spoiling anything, it reminded me of Indiana Jones yeah, at times. Yeah. That's how I would look <laughs> at it mixed with like Pirates of the Caribbean mm. as well. And you, you, you sort of see that in this one as well, where you see yeah, little, definitely. like I said, little, parts of, of like i said action movie and i think that's what makes this novel appeal to anyone reading it is the mm. fact that it's that they've taken scenarios that you as a you know as as people that where you know we've seen action movies and all that sort of stuff and we're used to certain scenarios you've you know for example we're used to the someone you know taking the wrong way you know the wrong path and mm. deciding to get involved in something which then means they get framed <laughs> for it which is what happens with with uh callus in this mm. one and you know so when we know how that goes but what i think sort of flips it on its head is like i said is the city of excelsis is mm. the 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 influence that zinch is having on this um the dynamics between callus and toll as well so you know so you've got this very like i said very conventional sort of movie trope to mm. a degree mm. plus you've got the mortal realms on top of it which makes it you know, very, very strange as well. Yeah, so, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, I think, I think they combine really well. And that's like, like you said, that's what makes this one an easy read. Ultimately, yeah, I felt that, and that's why, again, what I felt with Callus and Toll, because what I, what I feel I've missed so far with reading about Age of Sigmar in mm. general is that when you're reading, so you, okay, let's say you read the, the Realmgate war books mm. is, there's there's bits and bobs in there that are very interesting but it's very war 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 stormcast stormcast yeah. stormcast you know yeah. it's it, which you know has its purpose and it's no different in 40k where you're reading a lot of the the bolter porn out there basically you know where it's all <laughs> marines 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 you know and stuff like that but there's nothing that's why when you read a an eisenhorn trilogy for example mm. it's so different to what 
you're used to reading in that universe and that's what i get with this where you know it's a nice you know yes you have got action scenes yes you have got stormcast in this briefly but at the same time you're seeing the everyday folk of the mortal Mm. realms which often gets neglected again when we've gone through like when we did our megasode and we went through the core (laughs) book is it's to me that's more interesting sometimes reading about the everyday people and how they survive because all you see at times is, like I said, this these big wars between all the different factions, but you don't see, like I said, how the, the every man and woman is dealing with it. And again, yeah, yeah. I think that's so powerful. And, and again, this is the same with, like I said, with City of Secrets. So you see all, you can, I felt this was such an easy book to visualize mm. at times. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I've, obviously, I'd, I've never seen Excelsis, so I don't know mm. what it looks like, but I can, I guarantee I, I how it looks in my head mm. is probably how it would look and probably look oh, yeah. how it would look in in your head as well and, I don't, yeah, and it's yeah. not i think it's a combination because it's very well written but it's not just that it's not just because the way it's described i think mm. it's because your mind can sort of fill in the blanks you know yeah. to me i if if you've seen any like i said if you've ever any seen any of the pirate of the caribbean movies mm. if you've seen the tv series black sales yep. or anything like that yep. I, it, it's like i've it, it's like to me it's like a magical version of that you know yeah, it's a dirty yeah you know town where you know there's you know there's a lot of poor people around there's drunks there's you know taverns and mm. bars you know what you'd see in a in like a like a sort of a medieval town but without the medieval part of things you know mm. you, you know you know it's sort of there's a lot of squalor there that you know the, and things like that and but you could be because it's the fact it's on as part of a, a the um what's it the coast of tusks you know it's yeah. a, it's a it's yeah. a fishing town and it's you know and things like that but but then you've got these grand things like when it mentions the oculum um what's the name oculum furist i think Ful- that's how you Ful- <laughs> so, Fulgrimus or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Because it gets mentioned quite a few times, actually. But, you know, which is like this big, powerful structure, which is used to, you know, basically power Mm. the lighting using, you know, harnessing the weather and things like that. So, you know, so it's like, you know, your your stereotypical pirate town, if I had to describe (laughs) it that way, but with, you know, the sort of quirky, magical side of things. and. You know, you know, I, I, just, I just, yeah, I just, I love the vibe a bit of it. Oh, I just yeah. thought it was, you know, it was just, I, and I think that's what I like more in some ways than the character. I mean, the characters are already cool. Mm. Callus is cool. Toll is cool. Yeah. Um, Zenthi, the, the elven. Oh yeah. Um, she's awesome. Pirate captain. Yeah. She's better. <laughs> if you like her in this, you'll love her in Callus and Toll because she's much Excellent. more prominent in that novel mm. and she's pretty much the same but worse in the in that novel and you know you can see these characters coming together you can place them together and again when you're thinking of your movie tropes and things like that you can yeah it just it's just got that sort of vibe about it and it just it just it and also i think what i really did like about it is the fact that you've got a lot of what i consider the old warhammer stuff so mm. for example when they're fighting later in the novel where you you've got the old lady which is a, a you know a steam tank yeah um, you've got oh, the free you know, so much. you know you've got the you've got the free you know even even hannah toll as a witch mm. hunter yeah it, you know i'm in my head i'm thinking of warhammer fantasy as mm. opposed to age of sigmar yeah. so for someone that knows you know but the background of warhammer fantasy I could appreciate some of these things, like when they're mm. fighting, um, 
you know, you the, what's obviously now the free guilds, but you're thinking, you know, you, you're thinking mm. basically, em, you know, old school oh, empire yeah. when yeah. they're fighting. You know, it's <laughs> it's it just gives you all those vibes again, and I think that's yeah. I don't know for me, it just it, all this nostalgia came yes, through, but in a absolutely. new in a in a newer context, yeah. which I think was yeah. really cool. Which is so, great because, uh, like in in Warhammer Fantasy, you would never have a witch hunter working with a dark elf sea raider, for example. No, but they're <laughs> no. a great they're a great pair in this one. <laughs> yeah, they just work mm. because I, again, I, I probably say this every bloody episode is that the rules have changed in yeah. <laughs> in, in Age of Sigmar. These things can happen mm. because there's no reason why they can't, and you can sort of tell that. Excelsis is a is a city, mm. and the people there are basically uh, sort of evolved to their their situation. Like I said, like you said mentioned earlier, this huge big chunk of of the world that was is just sort of <laughs> crash landed on the coast, and they thought, oh, let's build a city around it. Yeah. and now it's got its own personality. It's like mm. I said, they're trading in glimmerings, which yes, is basically I their their currents. Yeah. Their, cur- their currency <laughs> is, you know, is bits taken off the spear of malice, and you know, people are using it. They're they're basically trading and prophecies as mm. currency. I mean, that is such yeah. an, that sounds such an alien <laughs> concept. Yeah, but well, it works. I know it really does in this context. And, and like, because they they double down on it. Because like, you know, in today's real world it's like you've got to save your money maybe one day you'll be able to buy something big and in excelsis no you save up your glimmering so if you just crush one you get like an emotion a little feeling for yeah. the future but if you crush mm. like 50 all at once you get an actual vision that you could use to get more glimmerings and become richer and stuff like yeah. that like it, it feels really not grounded but it feels it, it's realistic enough that i don't like lose my suspension of disbelief kind of thing you know? yeah I'd, it feels I'd, alive well, again yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. I think that because obviously it is a a town or sorry a city that is you know where people you know mm. drink themselves into a stupor and you know it's just like a lot of cities. It's not a nice overall a nice place to live. I mean, mm. people make do. There's obviously you know there isn't there is a noble quarter which does get has you know a fair bit devoted to it. You know there is guard and thing like that. But mm. you know you you know the everyday people are just people that are just live you know surviving day by day in a yeah. you know in a town from the raids that are nearby. There's orcs nearby. That hence mm. why the stormcast get involved, for example. Um, and that comes off the back of a prophecy, you know, which is really yeah, cool. So they, yeah. you know, so they're all through, they've they've been prophesizing this for ages that, and they've been basically trying to find a particular orc um, uh, war band, which I think what are they call they call the something shins, aren't they? I should Broken remember that. Shins, name. Bloody shins. Broken. <laughs> yeah, the shattered shins. That's it. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, this you know they've come across this orc uh, force that, and obviously, hence why the mm. stormcasts have basically you know rounded all their troops together and go out to fight this, which obviously leaves the, the city abandoned to a degree. But mm. again, it's actually, let's talk about that. You've got this great sort of, um, I suppose parallels between the Stormcast mm. and the everyday people as well. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, what did you think of their interaction? So when, you know, when like particularly Callus and Toll are, are dealing with the, mm. the Stormcast. Yeah. I, I really liked that sort of juxtaposition between normal mortals and the Stormcast. Cause like you have your little tiny introductory bit. It's like it was prophesied. So the Stormcast went to war, et cetera, et cetera. And then you immediately cut to like this little stripling soldier going, do you think they eat? Just looking at Stormcast marching by. <laughs> 
And like that, <laughs> that, that gulf of difference between normal humans and Stormcast is incredible. Mm-hmm. And like later on when, you know, Callus is basically being, I would say magically interrogated by a, a, what is it? A, a, Veri- a Lord Veritant. Lord Veritant. Yeah. yeah. The White uh, Reaper. Yeah, and that that's uh, the big thing is that the there's a sect of the Knights Excelsior stationed here, and um, mm-hmm. all I've heard of them is that they were not very nice, and now I know why they're <laughs> yeah. not very nice. Um, yes. Th- yeah. They're sort of the Black Templars of the Stormcast, I'd say. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, big on purity, big on purging, you know, yep. the usual. Um, you know, and, and, you know, being exposed to light and realizing I'm not worthy, I've done all these minor sins that have added up to be- making me basically worthless, and that's feels like it might be the Lord Veritant's interpretation being imposed on Callus rather than Callus realizing that he's a bad person because he's not a bad person. He's fine. No, he's not. He's just, yeah. you know. But yeah, like that gulf where these particular Stormcasts and Nice Excelsior barely deign to talk even to a witch hunter who in, in this setting basically is an inquisitor from 40k, has mm-hmm. like that level of authority to go anywhere, yeah, does, yeah. talk to anyone, and like the Stormcasts just ignore them more or less. You know, (laughs) comes when called to see what it's all about, verifies some information, then just leaves, doesn't make any plans or anything. And it's really interesting to see that butting of heads, especially because a lot of the Stormcast stuff I've been reading recently is the Hallowed Knights, and they love talking to people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And stuff like that. Um, And getting that feel for the difference between chapters, effectively, or Storm hosts Mm. in this case. Yeah. Yeah, because it's funny because... I, I try. I wonder to myself why there is that particular thing. Because, like, okay, let's com- let's compare them to Space Marines. So, Space mm-hmm. Marines are the way they are amongst their different legions and chapters because mm-hmm. of obviously their Primarchs, because of who they were founded from, because of their gene mm-hmm. seed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, the way they are is almost like I suppose a bit like real life, where yeah. our you know our cultures, the country we're born in, mm. will have an influence on ge- not always, but how you are as a mm. person, what your beliefs are, because yeah, yeah, because of that. With the Stormcast, because effectively they're a collection of souls that were fighting chaos uh, mm. at any point. It's it's amazing how they're. Is that actually, or, sorry, is that actually affecting the way they are? So, like you mm. said, the Hallowed Knights, mm. uh, you know, a bit like the Salamanders, high-fiving yeah. the mortals, like, yeah, we're all together. <laughs> and then, like you said, you've got the Knights, the Knights Excelsior, who are like the, like I said, like the Black Templars, where they, yeah. you know, they don't even look at them. Like, no, I would know, actually, look at I, would, I would amend that. They're not the Black Templars. They're the Marines Malevolent. Which I don't know yeah, if you've heard of those yeah. guys, but they just, I'm familiar with them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are not fans of anything that's close to model. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a funny because but I'm wondering why that is. I know I know I know narratively because mm. it makes it yeah. interesting, but I'm just thinking behind the scenes why you know why that would happen. Is mm. it because they you know no this actually no, okay this look at this way mm. is it the the fact that a, when you as a soul, as now, you know, you're immortal, you've been turned into a Stormcast Eternal because Sigmar likes you, are they then grouped into similar ways of thinking? Because yeah. obviously we know for a fact that Stormcast Eternals, yes, they, they're, they're changed, but they still have memories of what they are. Mm. So is that, is, you know, so are the Knights Excelsior, are they the, a collection of, of former mortals that, 
that had that way of thinking before? Mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I'm I trying to think. think I'm, I think that's probably what it is, because, like, when you become a Stormcast, you become a mortal, there's lots of different ways to react to that, and part of that's damned down, because it seems to be some level of control Sigma sort of technically has. Like, they, they all they all know they have to serve Sigma, etc., but they all obviously have different ideas of how to go about that. So I think for the idea of efficiencies, at least from my point of view, I would definitely group them into like-minded groups. Because right. then okay. there wouldn't be any disagreement in how that group would operate effectively. So, you know, situations would not come up very often where, you know, the troops would disagree with their commanders and say, no, we should do it this way for Sigma. Because if everyone thinks Sigma wants us to do it this way, then that group doesn't have problems with, like the chain of command and things like that. And, you know, you can have different groups that think Sigma wants us to do it different ways, but as long as within the group they all think the same way, it's much easier <laughs> to sort of keep them working together, I guess. Yeah. yeah I, no, I think, I I think it's what that. it is. Um, yeah. It's probably also not the best idea, because I think that's why the Knights Excelsior are like the way they are, because maybe the first few hundred weren't so bad, but now there's a culture of that, and it's just being continually reinforced by every Knight Excelsior that's come before to the new ones. And sort of, they're grouped together in like-minded, like in like-minded groups. I feel, and then that sort of group culture really narrows it down to defining traits that you have to conform to, and kind of thing. We're get we're getting into like psychology. <laughs> I feel. But... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just I just realised we've gone on a, a major tangent. No, but it's relevant mm. though, because like yeah. I said, this is this is the thing. What we were trying to sort of deduce from you know these mm. novels is because again we because the age of sigmar law is still quite new to mm. a lot you know to mm. a lot of people but also you know still to us really because obviously we're we're there's not th- you know 30 years prior well there is the warhammer <laughs> fantasy but they you know obviously the mortal realms is a completely different story mm. so it's only a few years old so in real life so it's quite you know it's quite interesting trying to deduce the actual back because again with with 40k yeah. and again when you're making comparisons to space marines you you've got an answer for it you know exactly mm. why the way they the way they are where's this you think well actually why are they like that where's <laughs> that sort of come about and yeah. you, and also you don't know is obviously if it's like an evolution in the sense that mm. because excelsis is a bit of a a weird city to to live in and obviously you've got a lot of people who are sort of mm. basically getting drunk on prophecies yeah on, and yeah. you know and it's not and it's not and it's not prophets and it's not you know sorcerers and wizards that are doing well they are mm. as well but yeah. it's your every man and woman yeah. doing it you know you you know occurrence uh, yeah so <laughs> you know so i suppose if you you know if you're looking at it from the knights itself or perspective you're thinking hang on mm. you they're having to help guard or be stationed in a city which is almost quite deluded and quite mm. you know mm. off its head in some ways yeah <laughs> to yeah. a degree and they probably look at it and think oh god <laughs> this is what we're protecting <laughs> you know you don't know well, that like, could be that yeah i mean i mean the events of the book show that basically every single person who uses a prophecy is at risk of falling to Zinch at some point. And mm. if the whole city's doing it, if your entire currency system is based on, I need a glimpse of the future through this magical piece of rock, that's really opening up the city for a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they keep doing Absolutely. it because you get valuable information. Like, you know, sure, the, the prophecy that, oh, the orcs will be here at this exact time was, was a trap you know, to get all the storm hosts out of the city, but it was also a prophecy. The orcs, I'm assuming, were there. 
Um, and it was still yeah. technically good information. It was just the mm. timing of it to get them out of the city while the Zinch forces tried to take over kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and no, that's a fair point. And I, th- <laughs> I think as well is so, sort of slightly changing it that I think that, you know, we... we <laughs> we got to remember that with again, going with the Stormcast Eternals, you know that not everyone sees them. They are still mm. quite a legendary and oh, yeah. uh, force held in myth. Again, sim- and again, when you think about it again, going back to for- to Space Marines, that oh, yeah. they they are the same because for, you know, for a lot of people, you, for, you, you often will think that a lot of people in the, in the 40k universe don't see space Marines that, you know, they no. are, you know, for, they're not yeah. a regular, you know, they're not like a regular Joe <laughs> at just turning up, you know, just yeah. looking around your streets They're They are a rare occurrence and it's the same mm. to a degree with the, you know, the mortal realms are huge. Oh, so yeah. Stormcast yeah. Eternals, you're, you know, the fact you've got them literally in your city is mm. not a normal thing to happen. Absolutely you know, you're quite not. lucky or unlucky depending on which way you look at it. Mm. Uh, especially if you're purged, <laughs> but, um, yeah. To have them there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's so, because Excelsis is so important is why they're there. Because, mm. you know, you've got this big piece of the world that was, they're there to guard that, not the people. Yes. Technically. No, is that, yeah, they just happen, <laughs> the people just happen to be there. And mm. it's funny because it, when you look at it from Callus's point of view, that, mm. you know, is obviously a, you know, an up and coming, well, he's a corporal at the start mm. and he ends up being a, a lieutenant at the end of it. Mm. So he, you know, he's an upcoming free guilds officer and even for him who's obviously used to the military side of things is still in awe and of of the stormcast eternals as well and and obviously the fear because obviously i mean i there's that bit in the novel where where they turn up to their fortress within Mm. uh, excelsis and you could imagine it like something of a horror film where they (laughs) knock and it goes yeah (laughs) and there's just like all this light and and you know and this Mm. and then the lord veritant uh, steps out, you know, where you, you know you've got ma- these massive doors that are literally, you know, a hundred mm. foot up, and just yeah, it's just again that's why, like we said earlier, I think the fact you can visualize everything in this novel yeah. makes oh, it fantastic. Because yeah, because um, like like for further information, there like the Knight Ex- Knights Excelsior have basically built this fortress on the side of the city, and the only way in is this single stone bridge that's like covered by all these ballistae and things. And yep. they just walk, they, they walk up to the halfway, they're not even allowed to go directly to the door, and they just have to stop and yell for someone to open the door and come out and talk yeah. to them. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they don't I'd want to get that. shot. <laughs> no. But again, you can imagine, like, this this huge dark fortress with, like you said, mm. like you said blisters and, and gunnery on, on the on the uh, the tops of the, of the, <laughs> of the fortress. It just sounds so imposing, which is mm. funny when you think, you know, because, it, again, it's showing a different side of the Stormcast because, you know, they're often shown as these golden warriors and yeah, in the, yeah. come down in light. And obviously that is true, but, you know, <laughs> at the same time, you've got Castle Greyskull over there. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Castle Greyskull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> Lord Veriton to do that. I have the power uh, of, of Sigma, Sigma. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Veriton. <laughs> he jumps on his, um, you know, on his mm. beast. He's not. Yeah, he's got yeah. battle cat. He's got. Uh, he's got a dracoline. <laughs> dracoline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, going off topic there. Yeah. So, mm. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, but that's that's how it comes across, and that's why I think that every character in this 
and it, it, again you can you can almost empathize with it, mm. you know if Callis particularly obviously the the way that Hannah Toll comes across he's you know a, yeah. a, a witch hunter who's obviously very experienced has seen a lot again similar to an inquisitor and it, it, it's funny how people react to him and how people mm. react to his authority as well during the the novel because there's times where you know, because obviously he is throwing he is throwing his witch hunter badge around, isn't yeah. he? Again, right? Yeah. No, because obviously, because obviously that you got this great dynamic where Callus has been framed for this, and word has mm. obviously got around to the whole of Excelsis that he, you know, he is a a traitor and murdered his own his own uh, you know soldiers, and the fact that Toll's there, like, no, no one touch him, he's mine. No, he's he's innocent. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, yeah. showing the badge around. But then it's how the like I said, how people in authority react to him as well like there's that point where he the pair of them turn up to is it the the iron balls the iron mm, balls um, yeah which the is iron one, balls of tarsus which are named after a named after a famous stormcast yes yeah uh, which i think which actually i think is great the fact mm. that um the, these free guild regiments have got some really badass names you've oh got the yeah firewolves you've got the yeah. iron balls you've got the, the cold, cold guard. guard and there's like um, seven more yeah, they they're the three that, that. I think. No, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, they're, they're the three that are mentioned particularly that have a, an effect, and so it's almost like you've got storm hosts within mm. the free guilds as well. Yeah. These like, these regiments that have got their own history. They've got their own way of doing things. Um, I mean, in this one, the cold guard are, are basically the end up being a bunch of traitors because they get they mm. get infiltrated, and yeah. uh, the firewolves. <laughs> end up getting decimated and uh the the iron balls are the ones that do most of the fighting in this one mm. and it but like when when toll turns up to the is it general sinor i think it's the the, the iron ball general yes yeah, um, and he you know mm. the way he reacts to him like, like you've got a traitor in your midst <laughs> what are you doing coming in telling me that zinch is trying to take over this over this city because again if you're watching it as a as a as a film mm. you or a movie you just you'd understand you'd you'd see this like tolls that you know you know how many times have you watched a movie and someone is convincing someone else about something and you're thinking yeah. why how would they ever believe this <laughs> like you know it's, yeah. you know yes there's aliens they're taking over the world yeah all right whatever <laughs> and again it's the same thing zinch is taking <laughs> zinch demons are about to come in to <laughs> take over the city yeah. And it's like, but no, it's, uh, no, I think that, like I said, the dynamic between and the characters is great. And I think also what is really good is the fact mm. that no character seems a bit pointless. Every character seems to have, even the smaller characters have a place in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they haven't sort of, again, I suppose because it's a shorter novel, you know, mm. they, they, you can't put too much fluff in it. Um, or, pad, or padding, but I think that every character is set up ready. So, like you know, so you got Callus and Toll, you got mm. Zenthi, the elf corsair, who like I said it gets even better in the next novel. <laughs> and uh, and I felt sorry for the the uh, the Dwardin. Was it is it uh, mm. Gazrug? Gazrug? I felt sorry yeah. for yeah, because again he was a he was a, a really cool character. He's got a, a blue gem instead mm. of one of his eyes. Yeah, he's you know he's got these uh, a brace really of cool pistols on his belt. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and uh but again i think it was you know spoilers he, he ends up dying in it and <laughs> and he the fact that callus sort of takes over from him sort of makes sense to a degree because obviously he inherits his his weaponry and obviously then becomes toll's new sidekick because that's what he is he's almost mm. he's basically a a sidekick and yeah yeah 
God. Uh, just that bit right at the end of the novel where he's, where Callus is being promoted to a lieutenant and he's just sick and tired of running drills for everyone all day, basically. And Toll shows up <laughs> like, uh, would you like to come work with me? There's yeah. shitty pay and I guarantee you'll be running for your life every single day, but it'll be fun. But it'll be fun. Yeah. And that, <laughs> yeah. that felt like such the end of, end of one of these action movies where, you know, the unwitting policeman basically gets dragged into some kind of supernatural investigation style thing or something like that and then at yeah. the end gets actually recruited into the agency it, it's like uh it's, it's almost a men in black style movie yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah it's again it's it's when you're describing it it sounds cheesy but it actually works yeah it was really good that w- because it, again logically that would make sense because toll is in need of a new you know he's obviously in need of a, a new partner to work with mm. now that Kazrug is dead and obviously he's seen that Toll can hand uh, sorry, uh Callis can handle himself. He can he obviously knows that he's now been exposed to, you know, demons and the the horrors of this world, literally, mm. pink and blue horrors of this world. And it's like, right, okay. You know, jump aboard. And and then that's why when you like I said, when you do start reading Callis and Toll, where obviously time's moved on a bit and they're now you know, they're not he's not fresh faced as a new Mm. new part of his little retinue he's obviously now they're now moved on and and he's more experienced it, it, it works really well um mm. actually let's let's talk about zinch because yeah because one, one thing i found quite interesting about this is obviously the particularly act three of this novel where obviously zinch is in the demons that are pour literally pouring out of the sky um mm-hmm. It is obviously a prominent part of this. Because what I noticed throughout it mm. is you don't obviously you get a lot of description of the different demons, but you didn't get any. There wasn't much name dropping. Did yeah, you, did you notice that? I like, really liked up, that because I thought that was a great know, touch. Why would he know yeah. exactly what they were? <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. I, I really loved where he fought the the pink horror, and he's like, "Yes, I got it," and it just turns into two blue horrors. Like, oh yeah. crap, and he's. <laughs> And one blue horror just runs away around a corner and he stabs the other one and it turns into two little brimstone horrors and just starts stamping them. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> These goddamn little which is, things. <laughs> which is quite interesting because, like, mm. because of, for, like you said, for a couple of reasons. A, that, you know, Callus and, and Toll probably not, may not be familiar with these particular things mm. to a degree. Well, obviously, more Callus wouldn't be. Um, but also because this is you know geared up as a mm. start here with black library section so this yeah. is obviously a, a book that's for newbies into that are getting into age of sigma from a law perspective it's mm. again it's quite interesting reading because obviously we're reading and you go oh yeah i know exactly what that is but from you know it's quite in because i find with a lot of novels is mm. in in warhammer that you get a lot of name dropping oh it's a so-and-so <laughs> and you're thinking but what that's only I know what that is only because yeah. I know what that is. Yeah, I've, you know I've, I know what the model is. Whereas for someone that may not know what that is, whereas at least with this, because mm. you're getting a, mm. a, a you know a visual description of them, not yeah. really who they are, but just what they're mm. doing and what they look like is uh, yeah. Like I said, it's it just seems a lot more powerful, really. Mm. Yeah, and like that, I feel this is the better way to do this because. When we did Dark Imperium, I did some research on what people thought of the book. Like, this is yeah. way back. Um, but a lot of people were unhappy with the fact that it went, like, basically through all the different units in the Dark Imperium box and described what they were and how they worked and went, no, no, you don't understand. If someone buys the Dark Imperium box, this is probably going to be the first 
40k novel they ever read if yeah, they, if yeah. they're getting with dark and Gritty. it needs to tell people what things are and how they work and callous and toll is this well not callous and toll but city of secrets rather is this sort of introductory book one of these start here books for black library mm-hmm. needs to tell you what things are about but this i kind of like because you know but from the perspective of someone who doesn't know about these things it doesn't give you specific names but gives really good visual descriptions and really good descriptions of how they work and what they do so if you see those things on the tabletop say you see a whole bunch of pink chest mouth blobs with lots of arms you go oh those are pink horrors <laughs> Um, I don't know <laughs> yeah. exactly what they are, but I do know if I kill one, it'll split in half into two little blue ones. And yeah. Things like that. Uh, it's, it's cause it's one of these introductory books. It'll give a very good breakdown of what a unit is, but won't t- necessarily tell you exactly how it works or exactly what to call it. Which yeah, I kind of like. Which, yeah. Um, well, cause it, it focuses on, like I said, what it, what it's doing in the context, because ultimately mm. the name doesn't really mean anything in the story. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, when it's described, like, so when, I mean, it, uh, this slightly goes against what I just said, but <laughs> Zangors are name dropped, I believe, in this. Mm, but yeah. ultimately, it's only briefly, and obviously it focuses on the fact that these these sort of beast, av- avian-type mm. humanoid demons with horns and, and, you know, knives and weaponry and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. again, th- that's the focus, because in the context of where they're dealing with them, with the, you know, the Iron Bulls, uh, of you know, the Free Guild soldiers and Callus Toll, mm. etc., that's what they're dealing with. They don't, like, the, the fact that there's angles doesn't really make a difference. You know, like, yeah. you, you don't, <laughs> their name isn't going to help you fight them. It's <laughs> what, what they are and what they're doing. Um and I felt it was quite cool from someone obviously that knows what the, the uh, what these troops and and enemies are because you, mm. it felt like it, this weird sort of name like like get, it's like guess guess the troop game <laughs> in the in the thing you know when they describe me like oh I know what that is oh yeah and yes yes it's you know a bit you know read a bit more read a bit more yeah oh yeah it's a zangor you know it's a or it's always oh, yeah. a blue horror or um yeah. you know oh look there's a sky fire or you know whatever it ends up being and it's it's quite good because it does you know and like the screamers of zinch for example because they you know they're prominent mm. with their their bat like uh yeah um <laughs> appearance etc like that and it just it it also, I think, because it lends to them describing the way they look as and what they're doing as opposed to what they are, is because, you, you know, let's, let's put it in context. You've got this sort of manacle sorcerer um, mm. on top of a top of building, casting, you know, <laughs> reading out of a tome, casting magic, using the oculum uh, mm. to, you know, to obviously aid their magic. You've got this literally, this the, a tear in the sky and a, yeah. and a crystal tower is oh, pouring so out. Good. It's literally... That, you know, from a visual point of view, that is mm. amazing. You know, above this sort of, you know, run-of-the-mill mm. pirate city of sorts, you know, fishing city. And, you know, mm. and you've got these, you know, you imagine it, you've got like these these screamers, these bat-like animal, um, sorry, demons, you know, flying around. You've got pink horrors laughing and splitting into two. You've got, mm. well, you know, and then the fact that you've got the, you know, the will be the Kyrick acolytes that are rushing yeah. out of the side you know out of the mm. out of the shadows to you know to obviously to add insult to injury to the to defenders it, I, you know as a as a piece even though it feels like it you know in some ways you could see it's like your standard battle of you know the mm. free guilds against the the chaos you know the chaos demons but it's yeah. just as a visual part it it was just brilliant i just thought it was such a great way to sort of you know the, mm. the last sort of third of the book i thought yeah absolutely spot on that was um, yeah, and yeah. I think, and I hope they try and do more of that. Um, 
because I found that, and it, 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 like again, I'm slightly off topic here. When when mm. I li- you know li- read um, Lords of Silence, that Death God one <laughs> I sp- spoke about earlier, again you mm. get there's a you you get told almost what they are, you know, but it's like you know yeah. what their actual type is. Oh, that's the tally man, you know, but et cetera, et cetera. But again, it focuses on what they look like and what they're doing. Whereas, like I said, there's times where I've read other novels recently. I'm thinking, and I must admit. Mm that crusade and other stories that that uh, 40k one um which obviously is part of this same start here with black library mm. it was it was again like i said last episode it was a fantastic but I, it's only because i know what things are whereas at times i think if you're a newbie who doesn't know what yeah. these things are you would have probably struggled to a degree <laughs> you know yeah. when you're talking about the tau and the tyranids and mm. blood angels you, you know you're just getting name drops as opposed to what they are and what they look like you know, so no, I think whereas to me this is a stronger, definitely a stronger way of writing it. So well done, Nick Horth. Good good effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Right. Um was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um not not really. It is, as we've said, a really good novel. It is still definitely an introductory novel, but don't let that yes. stop you from reading it because I know plenty about the Age of Sigma setting. Guess what? Still great. <laughs> still a great yeah. book. Um <laughs> it is a nice and easy read, as we've said. It's not it's not difficult to read. It flows nicely and it's broken up into three sort of chunks with specific acts. So you know, if you if if you feel you want to push yourself a little further, just do a whole chunk at once, take a break. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, the, it's really good and now I really want to read Callus and Toll. Uh, search for the silver shard or whatever it is um yeah yep. yeah mm-hmm. excellent yeah it's, no that's a good way of summing it up it, it you know for a 140 page um short novel it it is really it's really good it like i said when i were repeating ourselves it's an easy read <laughs> it gets you it, it's, it's that nice balance between the the bigger world, i.e., there's orcs, there's stormcast, there's siege, mm. but then you've got, like I said, the every man and woman, how an how a, a particular city is dealing with being in the mortal realms. Yeah, you, do, you you get to touch upon a, a different kind of stormcast that you may not see in some of the other novels. Obviously, that you know, the sort of mm. the different side to them. You you know, you get to a, a real a sort of real good look at how demonic mm. and the way that zinch works and the troops of zinch you know you've got some backstabbing you've got like i said people being framed there's a bit mm. of humor in it as you would expect as well um there's you know it's, it's quite graphic at time but i think one of the best things about it and it probably is because it's shorter is it's mm. a very good pace as well i yeah, think the pace of yeah. this this one is very good it's, it gives you enough information but it doesn't hang around too much and mm. again that's why if you read this book and you'd like it and you know i'm repeating myself check out callous and toll because it, <laughs> it it's just you know it's it, it's totally different as in different setting but you know it just it furthers it on you've got the same type of characters in it and it's yeah just really good so no check this out city of secrets we endorse it <laughs> <laughs> excellent cool right okay so that was the main law discussion and then we're just going to take our final break and then when we're back we're going to talk about some of our favourite chapters. And welcome back. It's the final segment. <laughs> da, 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 da. Sorry, I thought I'd carry on from the break. 
Fair just enough. felt like the right just felt like the right thing to do <laughs> so yeah. yes it's the final segment of the show it's discussion topic time and this one's gonna be slightly different i think this was your suggestion cameron from memory yeah yeah where we're rather than sort of the you know ask a question situation we decided we're gonna put forward two of our favorite chapters whether they are our actual favorites or just two of our favorite chapters whichever way you want to look at it and uh we'll just take it in turns give a you know a brief overview of the chapter and well more mm. particularly why we really like that chapter and yeah. sort of try to impress each other with our <laughs> <laughs> try to sell our chapters to each other and like i said mm. as the theme of this show seems to be all about secrets um we don't know what chapter mm. each other is going to suggest to each other yeah. so i've got a, I've got though, a solid guess for one of yours <laughs> yeah i think mine, one of mine's gonna be pretty obvious but I, i'll be i'll be surprised if you guess my other one but yeah uh, i have no idea for well, the other one so <laughs> this is all the fun to come <laughs> mm. so yeah so cameron do you want to start with your yeah. first chapter please sure um so i've actually mentioned this chapter a few times before on the show any guesses Ooh. Ooh. um <laughs> this is testing to see if I actually listen to what you say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to go, oh, what a bad friend I am. <laughs> he doesn't, he never bloody listens to me. Um, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying, oh, it'll be annoying me because I'll, I'll probably know it as soon as you tell me. No, I can't think mm. off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I picked for my first one, the soul drinkers. Oh, yeah, you mentioned them. Well, that's quite a while ago. I think it was when yeah. you were talking about the, the, the Soul Drinker novels, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be fair, I don't mention yeah. them much, but I did mention no. them, and I do yep, quite like true. them. Um, yeah. So these guys uh, are pretty cool, uh, or were pretty cool, I should say, seeing as they've basically <laughs> more or less been wiped off the face of the galaxy. Mm. Um, they are technically a dawn successor chapter they believe themselves or believe themselves to be descended from the imperial fists uh and you know they would often say for dawn etc as a battle cry um <laughs> which didn't work out for them so much uh so the reason they are super interesting is they are loyalist chaos corrupted marines which is pretty yep. cool yeah um now they actually uh, and they were declared renegade before any sign of chaos corruption, which was actually very interesting. Um, so a big part of their chapter was they were given a, a relic uh, at the chapter's inception called the Soul Spear, which is sort of this warp vortex weapon, this uh, this twin-bladed spear that basically pierces through anything because it's partially real and partially not, uh, kind of like a xenophase blade, I guess. Yep. Uh, and because they believed that this had been given to the founders of their chapter directly from the hand of Rogue Old Dawn, uh, they would do anything to get it back after they lost it when one of their ships got lost in the warp. And a few thousand years later, uh, some Adeptus Mechanicus turned up with it, and the Soul Drinkers more or less massacred them for it. <laughs> uh, which got nice. them declared uh, excommunicate traitoris. Um, and... Uh, this was not a decision of the chapter as a whole, specifically, I should say. Um, basically, uh, ch I think it was the chief librarian, Sarpedon, uh, was in control of the, of the expedition that found the Soul Spear and made the decision to, uh, do whatever they had to to get their hands on it and had to prove, uh, basically they have a long tradition of honor jewels. Um, so they do trial by combat instead of trial by jury. Uh, yep. So the Imperium is basically saying, hand over the Marines that did it, and we'll declare you no longer excommunicatus, and welcome you back into the fold, we'll just take care of them. 
And Sarbanen obviously didn't want that to happen to himself or any of the men under his command, and so declared to the chapter master at the time that he would fight for the right to live, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the it was a chapter master. He was facing a chapter master. He was just a librarian and maybe not as combat experienced. And so wasn't doing super well until halfway through his legs fell off and he sprouted eight spider legs and suddenly gained a whole lot of physical strength along with that and just kind of tore him to pieces. Um, <laughs> which surprised everyone, himself Funny included. Enough, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had a psychic hood on. He was very well trained. He's clearly not being possessed by a demon or anything, but he had suddenly and rapidly and horrifically mutated. But. As tradition said, he had won the duel, and so technically at this point, he was in charge, and so the head librarian claimed the title of chapter master. Um, oh, and nice. sort of, yeah, and sort of took the whole, took the whole chapter rogue, as it were. Um, they, they didn't want to fight against the Imperium. They were still loyalists to the Emperor, um, but they didn't want to obviously be destroyed. <laughs> um, yep. and this, this, this mutation began to happen a lot throughout the remnants of the chapter. Uh, like marines left and right were sprouting new limbs or getting weird different mutations. Um, it took a lot of work, but eventually they found a way to halt it, um, through various, uh, experimentation and some <laughs> more or less illicit difficult to get hold of substances. Um, but they, at this point, everyone assumed they were chaos space marines. Uh, not helped by the fact that at some point they had to leave one of their assault squads behind who subsequently all fell to corn. Uh, in during their last stand, it became corn berserkers. Um, so <laughs> didn't did not did not help the image there. Um, <laughs> Funny that, yeah. Yeah, uh, but a, a lot went with the went on. Um, you know, they they still consider themselves loyalists, so they're they're doing their best to fight against chaos and the enemies of the Imperium, while at the same time trying to stay as far away from the rest of the Imperium as possible. Um, and eventually, it all came to a head where they were all captured by the Imperial fists. Um, that you know the the chapter they believed they were succeeded from mm. uh, and the imperial fists have a lot of honor and because they believed they were dealing with a chapter that shared their bloodline they decided to do this honorably and put them before a jury instead of outright just slaughtering all of them yep um and so they actually got a conclave of space marine representatives from several chapters and several different primarch chapters as well not just uh people descended from dawn to sort of put them on trial as it were. And the really interesting information that came out in this uh, was that the, there was a representative from one of the Blood Angels uh, founding uh, founded chapters uh, who had their sanguinary priest look over Gene Seed from one of the Marines. And it turns out they had no idea which Primarch they were descended from, but it definitely wasn't Dawn. Um, so uh, my personal theory is that they're actually descended from the Thousand Sons. And that's oh, why okay. they have all these mutations all over the place all the time. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but that, that sort of, <laughs> that sort of put a spanner in the works for the soul drinkers, as it were. Um, <laughs> uh, as, as it turned out, uh, this is a rough overview of the whole story arc. While all this was going on, uh, their high reclusiarch, their grand, uh, chaplain, basically, uh, was actually corrupted by, uh, an, a venerable dreadnought of the chapter. Which was interesting. Oh, okay. they, they believed all the dreadnoughts long lost, but this one had been buried in a tomb on um, a nearby world. They, they they went to this world to fight the Necrons off. It got captured by the Imperial Fists. And it turned out this was where this venerable dreadnought was interred. And it was 
basically the first philosopher soldier of the chapter, this person who wrote their entire martial doctrine uh, separate from right. the okay. studies. Yep. Uh, and his long-term plan was to open a portal and bring all of Zinch's forces in. Um, <laughs> and he's been sitting there entombed in this dreadnought for like 6,000 years, slowly manipulating the, the reclusiarchy of the chapter, all the chaplains, to lean some of them towards her- heresy and sort of get them to accept the mutation, which explains why they didn't outright just kill Sarpedon as soon as he mutated. Like, yeah. the Marines as a whole were being conditioned to accept the idea that things might change, effectively. Um, as, as Zinch says, change is good. Um, <laughs> but the, the real, the real kicker was that, um, part of this plan was, uh, the, the cha- the head chaplain basically carried, I believe, a closed warp portal, a, a relic of Rogel Dawn that Rogel Dawn had managed to seal shut but not destroy. He took it into the middle of the, uh, the Phalanx, which is an Imperial Fist fortress monastery space station, basically, where they mm-hmm. were all being held, and he just opened it, and out came all the demons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all the demons. All the demons. Um <laughs> And, you know, once everyone realized what was going on, all the soul drinkers in captivity sort of basically pleaded to be let go to fight to the death, basically, as their penance for being renegades, as it were. And the Imperial Fists eventually relented and let them all out to fight. Uh, a few of them, a, a couple of, the, there were only two soul drinker survivors, I believe, who basically, seeing what was up and went, you know what, we'd rather not be executed after battling bravely to defend all of you, and just stepped through the warp portal. Um, into the war. Brave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Sarpedon, the chapter master librarian spider leg boy, uh, fought, fought this ancient venerable dreadnought that had orchestrated this entire millennia long plan to corrupt the chapter and destroy the imperial fists along with it, uh, and barely defeated him and flung him and pulled him out of the sarcophagus and jumped through the warp portal with him as well as basically, um, the ultimate punishment to this person who had ruined the chapter. Because Zinch doesn't abide failure very well, and so being drawn no, physically into the realm of chaos, not a great time for that guy, presumably. <laughs> um, and so basically, the four remaining members of the chapter, if you include the pilot of that dreadnought, are somewhere in the warp, and that's all that's left of this chapter. Uh, but the Imperial Fists were so uh, so sort of touched by their bravery that inside the phalanx they have a pillar with all the names of the fallen Imperial Fists during that demon incursion on it, and they have another pillar with all the names of the fallen soul drinkers. Uh, wow. They might not have been uh, true sons of Rogel Dawn, but they believe they were, and they fought to the last to defend them. Um, so th- they're not really a chapter anymore, but I loved the books when I was younger, and I got really into them, uh, no matter how silly it may seem. Uh, you know, chap- <laughs> Oh, God, our librarian turned into a spider demon and killed the chapter master. <laughs> I guess he's the chapter master now, but it was really cool. Um, and there's a bit of explanation for it with basically conditioning by the various chaplains to accept change and become corrupt by Zinch kind of thing. And I really loved the idea that they were, that they were probably descended from Magnus rather than Dawn, yeah. which is like a big weird thing and a weird twist to have. Cause that, like you don't find that out until like the last book effectively. Oh, right. Cause that is the end of the last book is that whole thing on the Imperial Fist ship. That's when you find out. So, like, all this through, all through this, you're like, oh man, these loyal sons of Dawn, they've been persevering so hard in the face of, like, vicious gene seed mutation, and all, and the Imperium doesn't love them anymore. And then you get to that, it's like, the, the knife <laughs> in the wound is like, 
you're not even Imperial Fist successes. What are you now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, I think, I think they're really cool. They're, they're loyalists. They're chaos corrupted loyalists, which is a really interesting idea for me. Definitely. Like, you know, only in death does Judy end. They took that to the, to the limit. Like, yeah, a single, a single squad actually fell to chaos and that was about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, excellent! No, because I, I remember I'm mm. I haven't ever read the the novels. I'm I'm aware of them, and just yeah, mm. this one's on that to do list of uh, reading. So no, that's that's really cool. Actually, I I knew I knew mm. from what I've the sort of snippets I've I've understood. That I know they mm. are an interesting chapter when I've heard them. But now you sort of summarise them like that. They're actually yeah. very interesting. They're, what's they're left super of them. cool. Yeah. yeah, and um, because a lot with the books is like in inside the chapter politics. Because there's like mm. there's like five or six books, and I've just summed up the overall thing. But a big thing is there's this continual civil war within the chapter over whether or not head librarian slash chapter master Sarbaton is doing the right thing by allowing them to exist at all. Basically, mm. there, there's a couple what... of actual civil wars within the chapter where someone takes over for a bit. Um, yeah, I, sw- I, sw- I suppose <laughs> it's it's similar to the Dark Angels in the sense that they you know they've got that internal conflict. That mm. in, not not to the degree obviously with these, but obviously the, the dark angels have got you know that their secrets mm. that they're sort of hiding, and obviously it may it's they're sort of a, a chapter that can't breathe because of it. You know they they mm. obviously they carry on and do their duty, but it's always there. And I suppose yeah. the same with the soul drinkers, isn't it? Where you know where they obviously certain members have been corrupted by chaos, and it's difficult to ever lose that sort mm. of you know reputation and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. Ah, excellent. That is a good choice of chapter. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. Shall I do my first one? Right. Mm. I um so my fir- my sort of two chapters that I picked are probably two very different from each other actually. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're actually they couldn't be more different. And <laughs> what I decided is I picked two one that's that meant a lot to me when I was younger mm. and one of a more recent time. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll start with <laughs> start with my first one. So my first one, which is the like I said, the, they've always got a special place in my uh, <laughs> in my Warhammer heart, which is the uh, the Howling Griffins. Okay, ah, so that, I've loved. I've always guessed. <laughs> no, this is yeah, exactly. You probably get you will guess the other, but mm. so, <laughs> yeah, this one I think wasn't sure if you were going to guess or not. So yeah, I've always had a special love of the Howling Griffins, primarily mm. because when I was a kid, I saw. Um, it was by a guy called Fred Reed. He did this amazing uh, Howling Griffins army that was in White Dwarf. Um, this is back mm. in the nineties. He did this. This he, I think he was based in over in the UK. He was based in the sort of the, mm. the one of the Bristol Games Workshops, and he just did this force. And you know when you know when models or a, a particular photo of of uh, models just just always sticks in your mind for whatever reason. You just, it was just mm. the way it was done. This was it for me. It was just, I absolutely loved this, this red and yellow yeah, look to them. The, yeah. It was the cleanest looking. And again, this is back in the nineties where, you know, we didn't have a lot of the tools and paints that we have today, you know, so this was, this was amazing. And, you know, it's got, you know, you've got a land raider in there. You've got some rhinos, some predators, you've got a load of mm. uh, Marine squads. He also did his, his, so the uh, the general of the army is based on mm. the the blood angel off the front of the second edition 40k yeah. as well. God, I love um, that blood angel image as well. 
Yeah, the, exactly. the commander in shining golden armor. Exactly. It's just <laughs> amazing. And I like I said, I've always that's always given me a, a soft spot for them. But actually from a lore perspective, they're a lot more interesting than you first think because obviously they so heads up, they're a successor chapter from the Ultramarines, and obviously yeah. Ultramarines sometimes get seen as a bit boring. And <laughs> um, I'm not saying that, but some people no. do. So <laughs> because of obviously they're vanilla Marines in some ways, mm. but the Howling Griffins obviously being a successor chapter, you think, oh, okay, is it more of the same? Well, to a degree, you know, they're yeah. very a very honourable chapter. They're very traditional. Uh, they 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 love the Codex Astartes, but they don't treat it as as a sort of a holy document. They treat yeah, it as yeah. the best military tactical document that's ever been created. <laughs> and basically <laughs> no one has ever done anything better. So mm, that's yeah. why we use it. You know, it's there for a reason. So, so they're not, a, they're not a particularly arrogant chapter either over that, you know, they're sort mm. of, they're, they're, a, you know, it, when it comes to being a good chapter in air quotes, they, yeah. they sort of are, they, you know, but what I like about them particularly, which is not often known is the fact that always fighting, they're not a sit on your backside mm. <laughs> Marine chapter, not saying that there is many of those, but they're always, always out fighting. That's what I like about them. They're not mm. just sitting around. Oh, we'll just defend this particular sector until something you know happens. They, they, they have a lot of casualties, but then they're constantly recruiting because of mm. it as well. They're always doing it. And, you know, because of that, they, they, it's like one of those, they're almost like the good kid at school sometimes. You know, you know where the good kid, because he's good or he or she is good, mm. they get benefits out of it, you know, where they're treated a bit nicer because mm. they're, you know, and that's sort of how, what happens with the Howling Griffins because they're well respected, because they're always out fighting for the Emperor, fighting mm. and defending the Imperium. They've got access to certain things like for example they've still mm. got some of the rarer mark 8 armor they've got um land raider prometheus is as well which mm. is, they're the ones with the like the quad heavy bolters on the side yeah. basically yeah um so you know they've got and because of that as well they've got their particular fortry, fortress monastery which is known as the pro dairy that basically mm. they've got um stcs which are constantly churning out equipment you know so they've mm. always got the mm. best equipment because I suppose from the Imperium's point of view, because they're constantly out fighting, even more some than a lot of chapters, they need it. So it's like, oh, well, they're out doing the good fight, so we'll give them the best food and the best supplies and the, <laughs> and the best uh, yeah. equipment, basically. So, um, I mean, from an actual chapter point of view, they're quite standard in the sense that, you know, they stick to, again, stick to the Codex Astartes, mm -hmm. but they've, which is quite funny, considering you were talking about the Thousand Suns a minute ago, <laughs> they've got a very prominent over a more ab sorry abnormal amount of psychers in wow. their home world as well you know okay. similar to prospero or what used to be prospero yeah. the they've like I said for some reason uh their home world which is called mancora is mm. like i said he's got a ma you know an insane amount of psychers there which obviously yeah. they utilize to their advantage so Compared to they, so a, a traditional Howling Griffins librarian will mm. you know have the same doctrine, same training as any other librarian, but they're like they're like a librarian plus, like they've got yeah. these extra things they can do. <laughs> so fundamentally, the three sort of main things they can do, they've got they do this thing called what's called the Blood Oath. So prior to a fight, they'll basically mm. psychically combine their blood and obviously psychic energy to 
basically buff I suppose buff them before the fight mm. and what other Harlan Griffins can do the same so they they will literally sp- like bond their soul spirit oh, with okay. their blood physically yeah. right? and they'll literally yeah. cut themselves and bond the blood and then and basically what it does is it it, it buffs them in the sense that they'll always have focus they'll always know mm. why they're doing what they're trying to do because yeah. oaths it, to the Howling Griffins is massive. They absolutely, they take their oaths. You know, you were saying about duty mm. until death, uh, yeah. you know, etc. These the oaths are massive to the Howling Griffins that if they do an mm. oath of some sort, they will follow it to, like it could take them decades. It can take them t- thousands of years. They will make mm. sure they do it to the point where certain Marines will go to their sort of superiors and basically say, I've just done this oath to do this. Mm can yeah. I go and do it please? <laughs> and the, you know, and obviously if, if the situation, dictates, so it's rather than sort of wait, it's, it's bizarre, but it's rather than mm. waiting for them to be told, Oh, right. We want you to go do this. or put themselves forward. Like saying, mm. you know, I want to, yeah. there's a, there's this, there's this particular demon that's pissing me off. I've sworn to everyone, everyone in my <laughs> poker group that, <laughs> that I'm going to kill this demon. So I want to go mm. and do it please. So yeah, yeah. it's quite interesting. So that's one of the librarian. Yeah. That's cool. Um, they're like um, they're like questing knights. Almost. Yeah, they're they're similar. They they get compared. They, I suppose the best way to describe them is a combination between ultramarines and black templars. That's probably mm. what they're they're. Yeah. You know, if you had to sort of generalize them, they 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 are sort of like knights that they go off because they can't. That's why they they're always fighting because they're basically on mm. a, a a long crusade where they just keep doing yeah. it. But they but they're not. They're just doing it not out of sort of f- to be fanatical. They're just doing it because that's what they believe. Marines are there to do, so mm. they would. They're not there. They're not there to prove they can do it. Like or go look what we can do. It's more like they mm. just get on with it. I suppose yeah. to where they don't really care what other chapters are doing. Like to a degree, they're not like oh we're we're doing it because we want to look better than you. We just want to get on because there's people you know there's enemies out there that need killing. So shut up and mm. let's get on with it. That's sort of yeah. basically the way they look at it. So <laughs> yeah, going back to their librarian. So like I said, they've got the blood oath. They've got what's called the Griffin's Howl, where basically the the librarian will let out this massive sort of cry that will it's so bad it will can it can banish demons <laughs> basically it can literally tear them and banish them back to the warp so it's yeah it's like like this big sort of roar um and the other thing is called the um Perilictor's bane uh, mm. uh Perilictor is quite a prominent character which i'll talk about in a second but Perilictor's bane is basically this this sort of psychic attack which causes agonizing pain particularly to traitor legions mm. okay. <laughs> um again it'll make sense when i explain about the character in a minute so mm. actually i'll do that now so yeah. basically the howling griffins have got a massive massive rivalry with the word bearers and mm. particularly because of a demon prince now there used to be this word bearer lord called perilector who mm. since then became a demon prince but basically there's there's this this situation that happened quite a few years ago, called the Arios Point Massacre. Okay. Mm. Now, basically what happened is you've got the current chapter master at the time, which is Orlando Furioso. And basically him and the eighth company and a lot of the first company company. So either the terminators were basically mm. on the board, their sh- on board their ship and they were traveling back to Mancora to basically celebrate the 5,000th anniversary of the Howling Griffins. So they're basically, mm. like, you know, yeah. have a party, you know, let your hair loose, you know. Mm. And uh, so they're basically on, they're on on course to this. They have to stop near this um, the uh, Arios point. They basically had to stop to resupply. Mm. All of a sudden, 
via the you know this particular word bearer and so a combination of word bearers and night lords basically ambushed them out of nowhere Hmm. Um, I don't know why, how they knew they were there, but they just did. So they ambushed them. Um, as Because the Han and Griffins, this particular force, were completely unprepared. They obviously suffered heavy casualties hmm. um, to the point where most of them were wiped. Well, at this point, were wiped out. A few of them made planetfall below them. But obviously then the Night Lords and the Word Bearers came down and obviously wiped them all out. So literally they were all gone. But this is the, uh, they were, and they did it in style in the sense they, they destroyed all their gene seeds. They absolutely, mm. so not to the point of just killing them. They absolutely wiped out all these uh, particular Howling Griffins. But mm. the key point, which I thought was, it's, it's horrible, but really cool as well, is as a, as a basically a big middle finger to the Howling Griffins, <laughs> they took the body mm. of, of their chapter master, which is like Furioso. They strapped mm. him to a Thunderhawk and just left him out in space. Wow. As for everyone okay. to see. <laughs> they just literally, just, he's just there just floating. His body's just floating around strapped to this Thunderhawk. So, mm. so that the Howland Griffins could basically, you know, once they obviously disappeared, the Howland Griffins would come along and, and rescue, well, not rescue him because he's dead, but mm. obviously find his body. And uh, yeah, so they, I just thought that was a real horrific, but quite cool bit of lore as well. And, mm. um, and so lastly, one of, the, one of the last things, I just love that, I know I said earlier, I love their color scheme. I love mm. in the, through the uh, the ba- Badab War, they have this night, what they call the night world camo. So basically mm. they've got an alternative color scheme where they're all in black and they're similar to, so similar to Death Watch really, where you've got their sort of Helen Griffin badge mm. and red and yellow on the on their you know shoulder pauldron. But the, like I said the rest of them is all in black. So they, they yeah, particularly yeah. use just that. So they actually changed their color scheme purely for a particular war, <laughs> which I thought was really cool <laughs> as well. Um, l- one last thing I'll say about them, which, I, again, I thought was super interesting. It wasn't actually their homeworld, Mancora. What mm. the Howling Griffins have deliberately done is, because they re- basically, they recruit from a few worlds because, like I said, because they're special, because <laughs> they're liked, <laughs> they, and because they're constantly having casualties, the, Imper- the Imperium has let them basically recruits from Mancora, their homeworld, plus a few others. But mm. in Mancora in, in general, what they what the Howling Griffins have deliberately done is hold back the whole world from a technological mm. and society point, point of view. So rather than, obviously, with a lot of homeworlds, obviously you want to make it as, you know, as good as possible. They've deliberately mm. held them back in a constant way, sort of state of war and yeah. such like, so that basically before they become... Um, you know, get uh, become you know, get entered into the chapter as trainees. They're already battle hardened, so they've ba- mm. it's almost like they've gone through. You know, like I suppose if you compare it to the space wheels on Fenris, which is obviously a horrible planet to live on, where they're already hardened because of the su- surviving in there. They it's weird because they've deliberately done it with Mancora. They've deliberately mm. made a harsh environment, even though they've got the, the, the ability to push them forward techno- from a technological and society point of view, they deliberately don't go. Nope. You know, mm. if they, if they, we'll keep them in this state, they won't know any different. And that may, will make them even harder when they become, or, you know, tougher when they become <laughs> Marines. So like, yeah. they've already done yeah. half the training already, so to speak. So, um, so yeah, that's that's the Howling Griffins. I think they're that's why I think they're really cool. 
Yeah, they're, they're awesome. I did not know about, like, um, the extra psychers and all the oath-swearing stuff, so mm, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're a deceiving chapter in the sense that they mm. look like they could be just vanilla, but they're actually quite interesting when you <laughs> look at their background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So, uh, yeah, I guess so that's my first I'll, one. Yeah, I guess I'll do my second then. Uh, Go so, for it. Any guesses? I know you didn't have any for the first, so... <laughs> I'm trying to think now. Um... I don't know. Is it one of the more mainstream ones? Um, um, sort of. There are some specialist models for it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who it would be. Is it? Um, is this one like the Iron Hands or something like that? No, it's no nowhere near as mainstream as that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm too mainstream. Um, I go for it. Yeah, no. I'll pull the curtain aside. Uh, welcome to the labyrinth. It's the Minotaurs. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I like these guys because they're mysterious, uh, and also because they're space marines that kill space marines. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they are really cool. Uh, so, uh, to set the scene, these are marines in bronze armor with a red bull's head as their chapter emblem. Uh, and they have an interesting history. They were part of the cursed 21st founding, founding back in the 36th millennium, so the 35,000 and on. Uh, and, the, for those who don't know, the cursed founding was every, every now and again, there is a founding where they take gene seed stocks and create new space marine chapters. The 21st founding was cursed because basically every chapter they made self-imploded after about a hundred years due, due to genetic mutation, uh, cultural problems, uh, j- just plain bad luck in some of their cases seem to be cursed with bad luck. Uh, but this is where we get ones like, uh, I think it's, there was a chapter that could accidentally set themselves on fire very easily due to their gene seed causing them to run extremely hot and to have oil in their sweat. I think the black dragons were part of it where they grow these bone spurs out of their faces and things like that. Um, so it, it was a weird founding. Uh, not much went well with it. Um, and one of the chapters created was called the Minotaurs and they operated for about two millennia. Um, and they had this reputation for being intensely bloodthirsty. Um, they were barely controlled berserkers, effectively. Uh, and, you know, they went around for a couple of thousand years, and then after one of the Black Crusades, they just disappeared. They were never seen for, like, okay. a, a, for a good, God, an, another few thousand years, effectively. And then, um, during the Macarian Heresy in the early 41st millennium, um, 41st millennium? Yes. Something like that. Oh, God. 40th millennium, 41st millennium. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it is 41st millennium because it, they, McCarran Heresy is the 400s M41. So yeah, uh, they reappeared with slightly different livery. Um, so the modern ones have the red blue, uh, have the red bull head. Uh, but the initial cursed founding ones had a blue bull's head on a yellow background. These have a red bull's head on a bronze background. Uh, and they were still very brutal, still very, uh, battle invested, but they were suddenly incredibly efficient and horrifically xenophobic. Uh, they, they, they literally, they ignore other chapters' calls for help. They refuse to follow orders in group battles from other chapters. <laughs> okay. Um, they, they are basically a force unto themselves. They listen to, they basically listen to one authority only, and they, that is the High Lords of Terror. Uh, because these are essentially the executioners of Space Marines. 
uh, the whenever there's an issue with a renegade Space Marine chapter showing up or Space Marines falling to chaos, the Minotaurs are called upon and they go and they exterminate that chapter really quickly, really efficiently, <laughs> really brutally. Um, okay. One of the one of the reasons they're so successful is that they don't split up like most chapters will send a company at most to go deal with an issue. If the Minotaur's chapter is designated to take down, say, a Renegade Space Marine chapter, the entire Minotaur's chapter shows up all at once and nice. begins a ground assault. So, you know, a thousand or more Marines, because they're also not sure how many of them there are, because basically everything about them is unknown. Um, they, they all show up at once. They conduct these horrific, almost genocidal level purges against uh, other space marines uh even against technically non-renegade space marines uh there was a famous example where two space marines had basically gotten into an honor battle uh where it was the doom warriors and the inceptors during the early days of the Macarian heresy had essentially come to blows and were ignoring calls to stop the fighting and return to the actual campaign <laughs> uh and so the minotaurs were sent to split them up and make them stop fighting and so what the Minotaurs did was they made Planetfall in between the two armies and killed everyone, effectively. Um, the Doom Warriors as a chapter broke and left the system and left the campaign entirely, I believe, uh, with a few hundred survivors. But the Inceptors, who were an Ultramine successor, had less than a hundred members left after the, after the Minotaurs took the field, effectively. <laughs> um, and this actually has, there's this, ongoing enmity between the minotaurs and the ultramarines because of this uh to the to the point where minotaur ships are not permitted to enter ultramar space at all like on pain of attack <laughs> they've been ex <laughs> they've been expressly forbidden from interacting with basically ultramarines their except their successes by the ultramarines themselves really <laughs> yeah awesome <laughs> But, you know, basically the ultramarines went we asked you to break up a fight we didn't ask you to kill 800 marines 800 <laughs> sons of ultramar and sent the remaining 95 back to us broken and bloody get the hell out <laughs> we're gonna fight you if we're able <laughs> uh, yeah they they are basically unendingly determined to do their job and their job as far as they can tell is to take down any 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 problem the high lords of terror point them at which given their given their tendency to show up as a massive group and to employ high-level technology, like, they have a massive amount of contempted dreadnoughts in amazing condition. Like, they right. are okay. ridiculously well-armed as a chapter, so they have an edge against other marines, basically. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the really interesting thing is, if you look into them, there's no information on who their Primarch is, uh, no information on how many of them are, if there were any successor chapters, if they were su if they succeeded from a particular chapter... Uh, the one time a gene seed sample was gotten from a Minotaur, it read as chimeric, um, <laughs> which I take to mean it's either from a Traitor Legion or it's a blend of several Primarchs gene seed. Um, again, yeah, I would say the I'd say the latter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Curse Founding had a lot of experimentation with gene seed, which is why it all fell to crap, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're super cool. They are they are fleet based. Uh, chapter so they basically just fly around in a massive fleet they show up where problems are and they quickly cause the problems to cease happening 
Um, these are the, <laughs> these are the guys who went after Huron Blackheart and the Red Corsairs when they found, oh, yeah. you know, they used to be the Astral Claws. These guys showed up and said, no, you're not seceding from the Imperium and beat them to the point where they had to retreat into the Eye of Terror and become Chaos Marines instead of just Renegade Marines. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, they're, they're, they're just, they're, they're pretty awesome. They're, it, it's the idea of it's no longer the Horus Heresy in 40k. Space Marines aren't meant to fight other space marines they're there to fight xenos and to fight like traitor guard and the like occasionally you'll fight chaos space marines which obviously happens more now with the great rift but having a chapter specialized to the to the point of exterminating other normally armed and doctrined space marines is such an interesting and kind of cool idea like these these are the angels of the imperium we can't trust them so we have our own segment of them designed to keep (laughs) them in line and everyone hates them. They're awful, awful space marines. They hate everyone else. They don't listen to anyone else. <laughs> they take their orders from literally <laughs> the highest authority besides the emperor himself. And, um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's mm. funny you're saying about them because I, when I got back into Warhammer about, I don't know, three or four years ago and then didn't, didn't, mm. I, they were, I yeah. actually did paint, I did paint some of them actually. They were the, mm. when I was deciding what chapter to do, I was in the mood to do a, chapter that i hadn't done before uh that mm. wasn't sort of mainstream as such and yeah they're the one i did the the minotaurs actually is my one they're actually quite cool to paint like in nice brass yeah. and red armor so yeah mm. that is very cool indeed mm. Another oh, and, cool um, chapter. yeah just one last thing uh their current yeah. thing is they have recently been attacked attacked by the seventh plague company of the death guard um and they they beat them off which was fine uh but they found out all their gene seed stock was tainted so currently they're not on space marine killing duties. They're on a crusade back towards terror to get to the gene seed stocks <laughs> and try and replenish the chapter. Understandable. So yeah, but like it's all these things moving into motion and part of me is like, isn't Abaddon trying to go directly to terror as well? Are we going to get <laughs> yeah. that box set of, of fucking uh, Minotaurs versus the Black Legion at some point? <laughs> yeah. Cause I think that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Ah, awesome. They're pretty rad. Nice yeah. color scheme. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree with that. Right. Mm. Okay. So okay. I'll do my second chapter. Yeah. Which this I'm is sure the you're going to guess, guess for. <laughs> I, I, I think it's Carcaridons. Oh, spoil the surprise. <laughs> yes. It is Carcaridons. Because How couldn't they I be lo- when you had such good models for them? <laughs> well, exactly. And, and I must admit, in, in recent times, as a chapter that I've sort of you know, research myself. I just, and read, you know, I've read one of the recent novels as well. Uh, I just, I just love them. I just think they're such a cool chapter for, you know, many reasons that I'm about to say, yeah. really. Um, in, in some ways, they, they've, they've got similarities to the Minotaurs, Minotaurs, um, mm. you know, in the sense that they, they come in as and when they're needed, but it's just obviously they've got a slightly different, I suppose, remit to a degree. Mm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so the the, the Car- Carcaradons, the Carcaradon Astra is their official name technically, mm. or Space Sharks, if you <laughs> want to be cool. Space Sharks! <laughs> Space Sharks! <laughs> we kill the Xenos! Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, they're, um, they're possibly for a successor 
chapter from the Raven Guard, but they're actually mm. there's no actual categoric evidence that they actually are because they're yeah. they're a very very mysterious chapter on yeah. lots of levels. So yeah, they they're suspected to be from the Raven Guard primarily because of the way they look, because they got like pure black mm. eyes and yeah. grey pale skin and things like that. So mm. you know that's a suspicion, but there is actually no because there's no records. Basically, the mm. records to do with them are just just not there <laughs> they've just even to the point of why they're on their sort of quest because uh they're on mm. a a they're basically exiled from their home world yeah. which but they don't really explain or know why as such i think the chapter's gone on so long that they've sort of ultimately just accept that's the way things are and basically mm. their sort of remit is to it's quite a simple one and that's to kill all the enemies of the Imperium. <laughs> you keep going until there's no enemies left, <laughs> which as you can guess means they're never going to stop <laughs> basically. So, you know, any, any enemies, Xenos, heretics, anyone really. So they, they have got this and they take it mm. extremely seriously. So because of that, they're a very, they're a fleet based chapter uh, with no homeworld of sorts. And they're, they're an interesting one because, because of the way they are, they have to keep traveling and mm. going from place to place and almost survive by themselves with what they they can do basically um i think that so in the in the sort of law of it it's known as the what's called the nomad predation which is basically mm. where you're a self-sufficient fleet-based army and yeah. force yeah. where you don't engage with an enemy unless you feel it's going to be better for you in the long run because mm. you know because fundamentally because they the carcarodons they basically inhabit or travel the outer reaches of the galaxy and therefore the imperium so they're on mm. you know which i think is quite good because it's playing into this whole shark thing because obviously in you know sharks in real life are, are often in darkness or at very low levels of the sea mm. and obviously on the outskirts yeah. and then obviously only come in when they smell blood to a degree so it's sort of a similar sort of concept with these so they're very um sort of very tribal and and ritualistic chapter as well they've got very sort of strong beliefs in what they're doing they know that they've got this goal to so i said to to come in and kill the enemies of the imperium but then but at the same time not to the detriment of what they're going to do because you know it's there's the sort of chapter one bad battle could sort of end it and i know that i know you could apply that to any chapter but the these guys have got no real reinforcements they they sort of operate by themselves and also they you know (laughs) It's it's weird that they sort of went through reading some of it. They, it sort of seems like they tackle fights almost at random, but not. You know, mm. saying they just turn mm. up, and it's almost feel like they just randomly turn up. But I think that that's the way they do things because ultimately, if they see an opportunity, which is like I said, to take out the en- enemies of the Imperium, as long as they can get through it, they'll do it. And so, because of that, you and which is sort of plays into when I was talking about my kill team at the start of this episode is yeah. that all their equipment and gear is a is a sort of amalgamation of what they've they've got hold mm, of. Mm. So you you know so you often see them in older style uh, <laughs> power armor or combinations yeah. where they have a bit of new, yeah. bit of old because they it's what they can. They're almost like a they they have to salvage everything that they can mm. they can find. Mm. And but it it also means like that they hold. <laughs> Well, it's only soppy. They sort of hold everything dear that they've got. So, mm. you know, if you've got that really cool chainsaw that is, you know, thousands of years old, that, you know, was handed down to you from a previous marine, you you hold on mm. to it. You don't take it for granted. It's, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. a 
you know things like that and and actually talking to some of the sort of the way things are handed down and their sort of hierarchy is really cool like i just love the names of their Mm. sort of positions like what would be the chapter master is called the Mm. shade lord um a company master has got the best name which is a Mm. reaper prime that is the that, that is one of the best na- badass names wow. you can have as a position. Reaper Prime, and if you um, if you ever read the novel Red, um, uh, so Red uh, Tithe, it's or Tith, mm. is that that's where you know, the main character of the novel is based around this Reaper Prime, and basically the Reaper mm. Prime is slight is like a, a slightly different company master in the sense that mm. their main purpose is to recruit as well or find new recruits i.e that's yeah. where this this red tithe sort of comes or tith i should say red tith it comes in basically so, mm. so they basically got they've got two times of two types of tith they got the red tith and they got the gray tith mm. basically the red tith <laughs> as you imagine is also connected to blood i new blood i mm. you know because what they do is every it's almost like they treat it almost like a ritual or almost like a like a, a thing that again they don't take for granted so x amount of time will go past again depending mm. on what supplies they've got so they will basically go to an imperial world and go, um, we don't come here often. We haven't got many of us. So we're just going to take these guys. Yeah. If that's yeah. okay. Um, cause we're space Marines and then they take them and mm. then they become new recruits. And that's sort yeah. of how they, how they recruit in their chapter. Uh, the gray version is, uh, so basically the half, uh, sorry, the reaper prime is like i said the red version of that the gray mm. version is called the harvester prime so basically mm. the harvester prime's duty as well as being company master is same purpose to get new stuff but it's actually to get new equipment as opposed to yeah. new recruits yeah. so basically what they will do is if they can go to an area where they can hunt out ancient technology they then will basically get that ancient technology go to the adeptus mechanicus and barter with them and say look wow we've got, what are you okay. buying so uh, <laughs> and and then just sort of uh, you know show them what they've got and then they'll you know so that's how they sort of survive basically they survive on old older type of beliefs looking after you mm. whatever equipment you've got and as and when you need re- new recruits and equipment rather than just sort of take you know almost taking it for granted you you go mm. and get it i mean like um like with um that novel i was just talking about is which i read a while ago is that basically they go to a penal uh, colony mm. and basically they go there to recruit but it's also they they have to deal with the night lords that turn up at the mm. same time because they're there to okay. basically slaughter yeah. them and and there's you know and, and there's more to it than that but that's basically the premise behind it so um yeah that's what's really and what's and mm. because of that sort of survival way of doing things they basically don't have the same sort of mm. doctrines and organization as well so basically they will they they have their sort of battle companies, for example, are very independent of each other. They sort of they spread them out, so they're not all in one place. So they, like I said, so they mm-hmm. don't get wiped out. They use they use scouts and terminators a lot more than some other chapters do. So and yeah. like the terminators are called the Red Brethren, Brethren, Brethren. <laughs> I should say, get the words out, um, which is really cool. Uh, their assault mm-hmm. marines are got are, are called Devourers, which is a really cool name yeah. as well. Excellent. Um, so yeah, they sort of they do. They're sort of a we do what we can <laughs> with mm, what we've got yeah. <laughs> sort of approach, um, which I, like I said, I think is really cool. So they, again, go into the culture they, side of things. They, they wear a lot of talismans and they wear mm. like teeth, you know, shark teeth. And, and like I said, that's where that sort of whole tribal, you know, and tattoos yeah, and things yeah. sort of come from. Um, 
So, which I said is really cool. And sometimes, going back to the recruitment thing, they will actually recruit the survivors of, of enemies they take out. So, say they go to like a her, you know heretical world, mm. they'll kill you know the, the enough of the troops to obviously win the war or win the battle, I should say. And then, if there's any left, they'll sort of you know recruit them. Obviously, on mm. the basis that they can sort of convert <laughs> them around, basically, which is I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but like I said, just I think that's why I like them. They just they just so, they're just so different to you know again like when you're talking about the the minotaurs, they just got such a different approach to them. Um, they mm. suffer with a similar sort of issue, similar to what you see with like the blood angels and like the you know the 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 red thirst and the black rage and things like that. They've got their own version of it as well, where they you know can t- mm. uh, which which often com- is compared to what they call what they call the chill of the void. So where they basically because they're out so far out, they just sort of mm. it does overtake them. So when they're yeah. so ready for battle when like literally when they know because they're sort of often in stasis pods and things like that, because they sort of they when they fight because they're traveling long distances they don't fight as often they're almost the opposite of my other chapter the Highland griffins they sort of mm, fight yeah. when they can because they, again because <laughs> they're sort of traveling around in in sort of deep darkest space really and like i said because of that they they do have do have slight anger issues so they mm. do they are a very sort of a close assault chapter <laughs> as well because of that yeah. so um yeah i love them i love them i think yeah. i said that's why they're one of my favorite chapters <laughs> so yeah so i think what do you, was, um, what, hold on what do you think of their it's the forge word model for their chapter master oh um tybros yeah i yeah. Do you know what i've put that in my <laughs> basket quite a few times when I've yeah, been on forge word it's one of those where <laughs> I, I put it there and then i don't buy it and then i think to be honest when i if I ever put in a bigger mm. Forge World order, I will buy him because I love it with his uh, with his lightning claws. He just looks yeah. awesome. He's so and, cool. <laughs> yeah, even for an, sort of an older star model, he looks really cool. So, yeah, I think I will mm. get him again. I think it depends. Like I said, right near the start of the episode, if I turn them into a bigger force, I don't know. Yeah. At the moment, I just got a kill yeah. team. If I turn them in, I I will probably get him. But um, nice. Yeah, like I said they're just just a very cool. Um, yeah, tribal-like chapter that sort of mm. yeah, <laughs> goes around awesome. space, getting involved when they can. Yeah, Sp- and they're called space sharks in space. Space <laughs> sharks in space. Space. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's been that's been a cool discussion topic. We've talked about mm. four, you know, chapters that you may not know about. You know, the, the bit slightly different to the norm. And uh, hopefully it's got you, you know, people listening, got you thinking what your favourite chapters are out there. They're not necessarily the mainstream ones as well, but not there's anything wrong with liking the mainstream ones either. Oh, no, exactly. You know, they've all got their place. So, yeah, that's been really cool. So, um, lovely. So we'll we'll wrap up the show now uh, with the usual sort of stuff. Um, So first thing what we'll do is, before we do the the usual social media things is at the mm. moment as this time of recording and hopefully this episode should go out go out tomorrow and today's the 8th so like i said this should be out yeah. around the 9th of september at the moment yeah. our giveaway competition is still on at the moment we mm. mentioned it last episode it went live just under a week ago so basically we we've given everyone two weeks so it, this basically mm. this competition will finish on the 16th of september so basically the competition yep. was is to to basically pick a model any any games workshop model you like uh paint it in our podcast's primary color, colors which is black white and blue whatever shades you want of those um you can obviously use other colors to 
highlights and and you know other things like leather and things like that which is absolutely fine but mm. predominantly those three colors um, and then once you've painted that particular model you share it with us i via facebook or twitter or discord whatever way you want to do it so let us know and then basically once we once the 16th is finished so which is like i said next sunday um that'll be the deadline and then through that we'll pick our winner who we've sort of you know feel has mm. done it justice um and basically like i said the giveaway is to win the age of sigmar core book um yep. so we'll send that to you and anything else we may have i don't know um i'll see if i can sort of i think i may put one of the uh Warhammer 40k conquest, conquest magazines, magazines. In, in there yeah i'll put i'll put one of those in there because i've got six of them so <laughs> I don't, yeah i don't need that so yeah we'll see what we do but we'll give you the details near the time so yeah so like i said if you're interested mm. in into that competition uh you haven't got that you've got like i said about a week or so from this recording mm. so yeah if you want to enter go for it um yeah so well so yeah and i said if you've got any spare time and the inkling to do so a five-star review on itunes is greatly appreciated if you're able to do that uh if you want to check us out on social media it's on twitter it's uh, twitter um it's at realm and ruin facebook is facebook.com slash realm and ruin um obviously you've got realm ruin.com our website and we I forgot, I forgot to mention this last episode and I got told off for doing it. Um, we've got a resources page on there, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which basically we're sort of between us and that we're trying to, you know, basically collate all any sort of handy things. Like we've got um, basically like a, like Adrian, for example, suggested a few airbrushing starter equipment. So if anyone's interested in that, we've got uh, things like a few templates that you see on the internet for like, if you want to do your own chapter or do your own Imperial Knight paint scheme so yeah so if you go to mm. realm slash resources i believe or just see the one that says resource page uh go on there and like i said it's got a few handy things and we like i said we're going to keep adding to it um as and when we've got stuff to add to it um i think that's it oh yeah discord uh like i said i know we bang on on about it but we've got a lovely like i said a lovely community on there um like i said the link will be in the show notes so if you're interested in that join us and, and join our chats um and lastly where can people find you on the internet cameron uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twin. Uh, I post pictures of cats and uh, kingdom death monster exploits. Uh, come have fun. Yeah. Come have fun with those cats of Cameron. <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter as well at Ninja Badger 7. Um, I generally talk about like video games and films mm. I've seen at the cinema, really. and. And soon to be, it'll be me talking about babies, no doubt. When, as I said, I'm yeah, yeah. going to be a dad for the it's first coming. time very close now. I'm literally any time now, yeah. <laughs> which is quite scary. But hey, mm. Realm Ruin keeps going on. <laughs> mm. And um, again, lastly, if you have any suggestions for future topics, we've got a few in the, in the bank that people have asked us. But again, anything springs to mind, anything you would like us to cover, contact us in any of the ways we've uh, previously mentioned and uh, we'll yeah. definitely consider it so uh, mm. so that's been episode 14 of realm and ruin we hope you've enjoyed it thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next show bye 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 <laughs>